Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown, the first ever live edition. How's it going, everybody, in the chat? Yes, we are live on twitch.tv slash the Duke of Derbs. If you want to come out, check out that channel. I don't know how frequently we're going to do these things. Uh, This was just an on-the-fly thing because I'm in the middle of what's currently a 24-hour stream. So honestly, while this episode gets posted and you're listening to it, if you're listening to it back on the audio, I might still be live. So you might be able to hop (laughs) in. Honestly? Yes. There's a good chance. There's a very good chance I will still be live when this goes live. So you might have a good shot of of hopping in and seeing what's going on. Um, I'll be gaming all day, all night, you know. We've already been on for, let's see how long we've already been on for. Not very long, about two hours and six minutes. So, you know... um, you know, we got we got quite a bit to go. So, um, just getting the but, toes wet. Yeah, That's why I planned the podcast to be here in the show because I was like, early on, knock out a few hours, you know, like, and then from there I can just take it from there. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. So, um, you know, uh, first of all, like we had the Dynamite Diamond Ring on the line, which is obviously a big match every year. We had an AEW World Title match. Um, and we also had Hikaru defending the women's title twice in one week, which I don't know if we've ever seen before any world title, let alone the women's title, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, we also picked up some more information about the CMLL and AEW partnership. Um, and we also had that really great Santana and Ortiz thread match. I'm more than happy to talk about that. We're definitely going to get into that here real soon. Um, but I mean, like, you know, um, honestly, like it was a really fun week of wrestling. There was a lot of really good stuff. There was a lot of really great matches and like we got three world title matches. I mean, that's, you know, that's how many weeks have we ever had that? You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. You know, like, um, it it truly felt like a fully loaded show this week all across the board. And maybe two or three of the best matches on individual, like, so a, you know, like a dynamite rampage collisions. There were matches on every show that were probably some of the best matches of the year this week, which is pretty crazy, you know? Um, So uh, I'm excited to get into all that. We'll obviously get into our favorites and stuff like that. Before I get into all that, though, there's a couple of orders of minutes I want to take care of. Whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, be that, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, you know, uh, whatever it happens to be. If you're listening live on the Twitch channel right now, make sure you hit the follow button. But make sure you guys hit follow and or subscribe. I'd love if you hit subscribe on the Twitch channel. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, and make sure you keep up to date every week and, you know, see when you get a new podcast. You just happen to be listening to this for the first time. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And Charlie's at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A. Um, and you can also follow the podcast itself at Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter. And uh, actually, if you might have come through uh, on the live stream from a, a tweet that we put out from there saying, hey, we're live right now on my Twitch channel. Um, so, you know, uh, you might already follow there, but you also might not. Um, so make sure you follow at Eat Sleep Lead as well. We're trying to build a little community over there. You know, we always give a follow back. We always like to try and build that community up and stuff like that. So we'll always try and, you know, engage with the community over there. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you put this in our news notes or not, Charlie, but I think this is worth talking about uh, here at the top of the show. We got put into this, like, there's this page, and I looked into it a little bit, Charlie. That Twitter page is actually, like, apparently, unless it's just, like, a bot or something, um, is kind of like a page where they post stuff for marketing purposes. Yeah. Um, And so a a place that (laughs) posts stuff for marketing purposes when it comes to advertising on podcasts listed us as a top five AEW podcast in the top 20. Which is insane. That's yeah. That that was really cool to see. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I I yeah. So keep engaging with the show, and we can keep climbing that list. You know, uh, I'd like to be the number one AEW podcast eventually. Uh, I was looking at the competition, and it wasn't that stiff. You know what I mean? So um, 
you know, maybe maybe we can make it further up that list. And hopefully that's a good sign for the future of this podcast, you know. Um, but either way, um, that being said, I say let's get into the show, Charlie. And uh, you're up first this week. So hit us with a favorite. Go ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. I also haven't asked, how are you and, today? Um, How's it going? Oh, <laughs> doing just lovely. It's it's Halloween spooky season. Um, But uh, God, what what wasn't spooky was... Holy shit, the main event of Collision. I know we've said it before many times, and the main event of Collision, to me, is the most must-watch thing in all of wrestling each and every week, week in and week out, because they give that spot, traditionally, 30 minutes. You can depend on the main event of AEW Collision being, honestly, a pay-per-view match, and I don't think there's any wrestling company that's doing that right now with a specific spot. And when they announced that this week we were going to be getting MJF and Kenny Omega for the AEW World Title match in the main event, I I immediately knew I was like, okay, this is going to be fucking awesome. Like, like there's there's no way it's not going to be great. Holy, did they deliver? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, this, MJF, this, is, this is next level. MJF is is on this run of with this title and. I I can kind of see the vision now why they did the Kenny Omega match now because you know as as we'll get into towards the end of the show how they ended collision is pretty much all of his opposition staring him down which maybe leads to some speculation of AEW doing some elimination chamber kind of business with MJF maybe they're who knows what world's end's going to be maybe it is some kind of chamber if you will they don't have anything like that so you know, we'll just see where that yeah, goes. The closest thing we have is like blood and guts, but that's that's war games, not elimination. Chamber. Yeah. So you know, like, uh, so they know. could be doing some type of a chamber, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I would just like somebody to do like, what if it was like a hell in a cell, but it was treated like the elimination chamber, like you know, like it, it, maybe there's like I don't know, like handcuffs on people or something that you know, yeah, and you, you could, could have you a spot where Wardlow like rips out of his handcuff early and they just let it hopping. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that. Maybe that's a little. Wardlow looks fucking people, jacked, by the way, at the end of that segment. Holy Wardlow, I think is looking fine. Like I think him being he needs to keep funny. his shirt he off. Should have been in this man. world title. He needs to be showing ago. that off. He looked like yeah. a, that was a meat castle. <laughs> hey, Jr. Um, thought so. Yeah, um, <laughs> he couldn't contain it. Jr. lost it. Um, but no, here's the thing. MJF during this babyface run, he he's been slowly adding to his. His arsenal of weaponry, if you will, right? Where it's whether it's the kangaroo kick or this match, he was not scared to go out. Like he was not scared for the first time to jump outside of the ring. And we've seen this development over his recent matches, where even up until the right year, man, I think it's it's just with self preservation. He didn't want to do that stuff because he thought in his head, well, even though the crowd goes nuts for this, you know, like I don't need to do it because I'm a heel, you know, and it's just it's dangerous. And if I don't have to do it, I shouldn't do it. And that's the mentality some wrestlers have. But yeah, um, you know, he did absolutely nail that stuff though. And when he opens, when he hits that Fosbury flop in like the first four minutes after some chain wrestling that was going on, it kind of set the pace to me that okay. MJF and Kenny Omega are treating this like it's the main event of full gear. And um, they really and here's, did. here's a bit of praise for MJF. That I have not seen very many people have the stamina to keep up with Kenny Omega ever. Even people like Ray Phoenix who wrestle at that speed will get tired out wrestling Kenny. Yeah. 
MJF didn't look tired until the end, and Kenny was looking pretty gassed too. So that tells you everything you need to know, you know, like and and kind of midway towards the match, they kind of switch up where Kenny actually starts working as a heel, and it's it's working for him. Uh, you know, you get to the apron towards the end, and he hits that dragon suplex on the apron, followed by just the insane table spot. Where I'll give Shivani some credit here. I think Shivani sold that table spot like a million bucks. This is what I say. If he's going to be on a three-man commentary team, he needs to not be the lead. He could be yeah. on collision. He just needs to not be the lead commentator. I understand why he gets the respect over somebody like Kevin Kelly or, you know, Nigel McGuinness, who haven't been in AEW for that long or, in a, you know, as commentators for that long. But, I mean, like, it's it, – yeah, we'll, we'll get to it when we talk more about collision. Yeah, and, and, it, is, and it, it just – you know? he sold that like a million bucks, and that, that was really nice to see. And um, they did these little 90-second commercial breaks uh, where they had the timer going. I kind of dug that. So going forward, if they do that, I'm fine. That works for me. Um, But yeah, MJF, uh, we get to kind of towards the end stretch of the match here, if you will. And um, Omega continues his destruction and his healing it up, if you will, where he powerbombs MJF into the barricade. He sends MJF back into the rings. But MJF runs the ropes, knocks Omega down. He goes for the top rope for Karana. Omega dropped him face first into the turnbuckle. And then that's when Omega really started just hitting his sna- Snapdragon suplex, the running V-trigger. The near falls are happening. Time's ticking. You can tell it's getting towards the end of the, the show. The sequence that is everything that's wrong with wrestling. Yes. Lamau. And then he hit two V-triggers. He loads up the one-winged angel. And like a ghost of the past, Don Callis. Fuck he comes out with a screwdriver. MJF hits the roll up on Omega. He kicks out. I was like, "Oh my god!" I thought we were actually ending like uh, some shenanigans are afoot. Not the case. Um, and yeah, they went into the another pinning predicament. The referee kicked Callus out. MJF sent Omega into the ropes. Hit the Heat Seeker pile driver. He loads up for the Panama Sunrise. Um, but Omega caught him with the crucifix for the near fall. MJF hits him with a super kick. Then he lands the Panama Sunrise, another move that we've seen him yet on this title reign. He's grown and acquired. Dude, it's so cool, all the little things he's picked up and, and you know, acquired. And then he hits his Heat Seeker, which is actually such a beautiful finisher. And he retains the title and breaks Omega's record as the longest reigning world champion in company history. And he deserves it more. He, he absolutely deserves it. This is the best world title run we've had in AEW. And um, it... it it just continues with Samoa Joe, Wardlow, Hobbs, and Bullet Club Gold watching, you know, staring him down to end the show. I thought that was a really, really neat ending. And, uh, yeah, just some thoughts from you on this match. And, uh, I mean, I just stole about a nice quarter of collision from you. So, <laughs> Absolutely. No, I know for sure. Like, <clears throat> yeah, no, this is a really great match. I mean, they, like you said, they did the feeling out process. Like I said, I, like I mentioned, they were like keeping up, you know, somehow MJF managed to keep up with the speed demon that is Kenny Omega. Uh, that like I just got to give praise to the Fosbury flop from MJF because that scene was insane. Like I don't, I've, he's never like just thrown his body into a move yeah. like that before, and it's never awesome. seen it out of him. It was really neat, and uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, like you said, that crazy power bomb spot, like pretty much everything you said was that. They, the, the other thing I would add is they were just absolutely murdering each other. This was a new Japan style MJF match, which I just love to see. You know, like yeah um this was a kenny omega from japan match that's that's what this was that's the kenny we got we got we got the elite the the elite version of kenny you know um 
So I think that's really cool. And I'm really excited to see who the, how the fuck they top this going into the pay-per-view because he's got Jay White coming up next. And if this is what he can do with a guy who made, cut his teeth in New Japan, that's the other guy who did. And he's also on top of the world right now. So ah, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. Hard agree. Um, so that being said, uh, we had some other really great matches this week. So which one uh, Which one are you picking for us? Yeah, so I mentioned uh, the Santana and Ortiz match earlier. And uh, yeah, I got to talk about that match for a bit. So let me just scroll through my notes really quickly. Um, yeah, so this match has been built up for, I think, like four or five weeks now. Something like that. This has been ever since Mike Santana came back. This has been the thing we've been pushing towards. And I think this was something they wanted to do, but obviously there was either, I don't know if was Santana injured or was he just not on TV, whatever the reasoning was. Um, yep. Injury. Injury. Okay. I thought it was injury related, but I wasn't sure. And they didn't take like, tell us at the time that he was injured. I don't think so. I think a lot of people speculated unnecessarily that they were going to like split them and they are going to split them, but that there were issues between them. And then that's why he wasn't on TV and he was going to be out of the company or something. But that obviously wasn't the case because we're getting this great blood feud now. Um, and that's kind of what I thought that I, had, I got the first thing I got out of this match. Is, is This was everything I was hoping for in terms of like the sort of grudge match street fight type deal. And it also delivered to me on, it's got the makings of a long term. Like this should be a feud that's still going when we get to like, I don't know, like March of next year, maybe. Because like, it, it just has the legs, I think. Because yes, the AEW gets criticized a lot for either doing, you know, two, three week stories with people and then like letting them fade or also doing way too long stories, right? But I think you could strike a, a decent balance in the middle with these uh, two because they have a lot of, of, you know, animosity towards each other because, you know, one of them thinks they were in the other's shadow for the entire time, you know? And I think that's a story that has been told a million times in wrestling and continue to be told the same way and be done well. But I think these two are smart enough to uh, do um, something unique and interesting, kind of like how MJF has taken, you know, classic stuff and put spins on it or whatever. Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I'll get into the actual match now. Um, there was a brutal powerbomb spot onto a table, and they did some suplexes onto some chairs. I think they just wrestled a really great match here. I think that every counter that they did was basically perfectly timed, and it made sense given what had happened. So, like... Every single punch had a purpose in this match. Yes. It didn't feel like there was ever a wasted bit of energy in this match, which is something that you can't say about a lot of wrestling matches. Like, even Kenny Omega versus MJF. There were moments that were like, okay, they had to, like, catch their breath and stuff like that, and you could tell that's what's going on. I don't think they ever had a moment like this in this match. They just went balls to the wall for the entire whatever amount of time that they got. Um, and, yeah, so... Uh, and I, I really... Um, think that uh, they did a really good job of selling the absolute hatred for each other and um like i said i would like to see this continue i uh, maybe what happens at the end is going to lead me to believe that won't happen because we had um uh sanjay coming up to ortiz at the end um the other big thing was that ortiz was just too pissed off at the end to give the respect to santana who was like all right we're done now you know we settled this i won this is over and he's like no i'm still pissed you know so that's why i think it might still maybe potentially go on but you have sanjay getting you know involved uh, with with ortiz so i really god i really hope that we don't get ortiz stuck in the in the slap not express fucking vortex of pain but i mean you know it might happen i mean they're so they're, yeah. they're in association yeah. with eddie right now so maybe that might actually work out actually now that i think I, about that hold on hold on yeah like, there's, are they there's setting up him there. being used against eddie that there might be I would be there. cool if Ortiz did work some Ring of Honor too as a singles. Um, 
I I couldn't agree more with you. I really it, this was barely over ten minutes. This was a sprint, and yet it didn't feel like we were just getting you know it didn't feel like we were going through the motions, just hitting all the spots. Right? It felt like we actually had a purpose of watching this. I was excited about this uh, rampage, dude. When Rampage has this quality of show, which we'll get into in a little bit, but it it really it, it it's one of the best hours on television. And God, this Rampage was so good, and it started off with this uh, great match. I I want them to have another match at Full Gear. I think that would be fair, and I think they've earned I, it. I think they've certainly earned it at this point. And there's yeah. other matches that have done that in the past. So I think if, if going to be you know if, if we if just we're toss random to find you know, matches right now, here's one for you easily. Yeah. Instead of random title matches that really don't have a purpose, maybe we we put this one on there and give these guys you know a nice eighteen minutes and and really sell it as two of our new single stars going forward. I, I don't want yeah, them to as just, much as I'd love to see Chris yeah. Statlander be on this pay per view. She's got nobody that she's really feuding with, and she's got two weeks. Nope. You know what I mean? So like, like we got Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm. So that that might that'll probably be the women's match because they usually probably only do the that one. makes sense. That's been built up for a little while, you know. Technically, so, I mean, whatever. Let's get you know? Santana versus Ortiz, and then let's let's go on to a next program with them. Whether you know, let's like not lump Keith them. Lee versus Shane Taylor on there. You know, yeah. Like, let's not lump them into another tag team. Let's. I, I would like to see Santana after this still work another singles program. Right, yeah, that would be good. Maybe Santana Don't build versus up this Miro guy for like five weeks. Yeah, true. Like, Don't build like, this guy up for like five weeks and then just do nothing with him, which is what I fear is going to happen. Regardless. I, I'm 100. I'm worried he's going to get tossed into like some mixed tag program with Eddie, or or you know maybe he'll he'll help out the House of Black. I don't know. Some I, I just have a feeling he's not going to continue down the, the single road, like 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 they did with Ricky. Ricky was a single star for a long time, and then they kind of just they put him with FTR for a little bit, and then they said, "Fuck it, we're just putting him in a tag team." So. I, yeah, I mean, if he know. can get that run before he goes to another pro, like another team up when he when Santana eventually teams with Brian Cage or something, you know, mm-hmm. I'd I'd like to get some singles that, matches that would, yeah, before. Shit. Damn. <laughs> but um, did Mike Santana being the being the like the the actual like the the hot tag? I mean, not that Brian Cage can't do a hot tag because he moves pretty well for his size, but you know, like obviously you'd rather have Santana doing that because he'd probably move a little bit better, you know, because he's not like all beef, you know. Yeah. Um, Give me a. The, his he returned this week. Give me Mike Santana versus Mark Briscoe. That would be a that that's a good match. That's a and fun you can, program. You can, if you want to position Santana as a heel in that match, you can. But if yep. you want to do the same thing, if you want Mark Briscoe to be a little bit pissed that he you know missed out his opportunities, you know what I mean? Like that's you got options with that stuff, man. Like you got so much stuff you can do. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can tell that story. Um, so that being said, uh, we're just gonna hit a little bit of news here, and then as you guys know, we go from the A to B results, and that's we go Ring of Honor. Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision. But uh, we don't have a lot of news today, but we got some interesting news. So I never really thought about this, but technically, the, in the order that they're recorded, that is technically correct, too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Which is so, kind of funny, you know what I mean? So Rocky Romero has kind of been taught. He went on uh, Wednesday's Wrestling Observer Live this recent week, and he kind of clarified some of the CMLL and AEW uh, partnerships. He said bringing them together wasn't the easiest task at first, but it went really, really smooth without a hitch for his match against Mystico. He said, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens between both companies. It seems like both companies are pretty willing to go ahead and take the next step forward. So whatever that means, I'm excited for it. And then he was asked how things will work, given that AW also works with their rival uh, AAA. 
which as we've talked about before, the politics in Mexico have prevented these companies it's kept, from and It's kept Andrade and Roosh off the last like eight papers, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like it, it, it feels like, you know. They, they are uh, very, it, it, it's very political there. And um, yeah, he said the parameters are things like, you know, maybe no AAA talent on the same show as CMLL talent. Obviously not in the same matches as well that we've assumed. But yeah, I think I'm pretty much responsible for at least getting the conversation started and bringing the idea of CMLL working with AEW. And in this case, primarily Mystico. I think that over the last couple of weeks, we've heard quite a bit that Tony Khan is a big fan of Mystico and having him was a big deal. He made it feel like a big deal too. So just being able to open the door for CMLL, AW New Japan is hopeful and to hopefully do some more work together next year. I'm stoked for it. I think it's really, really cool. That's another forbidden door opened. I like that little. Uh, okay, so then I mean that, that could edge. imply that CMLL and AAA could both. But we can't get them both in the same show, so we could get one or the other. Probably specifically CMLL in this instance because that's who is specifically referencing. So we could get CMLL on Forbidden Door next year, which is, I mean, I feel like Forbidden Door should expand eventually. You I know, think there should be a Forbidden be Door where we have CMLL talent or AAA talent, some Lucha talent, where we have obviously New Japan talent, maybe some stardom talent if we can pull it off. Because we've been trying to pull that off the last couple of years, it feels like as well, you know. And maybe we can get somebody that's debuting coming from WWE, like your Mustafa Ali or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, it could be really neat. That way, you have literally got pieces from every you know company at Forbidden Door, and it almost feels like kind of like when Moxley showed up, and it felt like the worlds were colliding. You know, like it's kind of deal. I don't know. So Brian Danielson on October twenty first in his match against Andrade Alidolo, he suffered a broken orbital bone during the match. Um, Sports Illustrated reported that Danielson was not injured on Dynamite, but rather it was against Andrade. The injury will require surgery. And this now... Bro literally is like Adam Cole last year. He cannot catch a fucking break. And kind of what Melter's interpreting from this is says, it may be touch and go if he had surgery for January 4th. Um, Hopefully he can do it. Uh, January 4th being the wrestling in the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom, which, as we've talked about before, is is one of his big goals. He said, hopefully he can do it. Hopefully he can finish the next however many months it is. He didn't put a timeline on exactly when next year he's going to be done. In theory, his contract would be over in September. Obviously, Tony could extend it, but he's not going to be a dirty guy in the situation if Brian wants to be finished. It, it it's going to be a sad day if uh, if this did indeed. Oh yeah, if this is the end of Brian Danielson's career, that would be unfortunate. You well, because he's got he might not get another chance at the Tokyo Dome, and he's got he's got about nine weeks to see if I. I it's just I have looking. a feeling it's one of those things where if he doesn't end up going to the Tokyo Dome, he probably doesn't retire. I I would have to think because yes, yeah, I'd hope he so. might get injured again, right? But. I even though I know he said that this is going to be his last year in wrestling or whatever, right? I feel like that you never say never in wrestling, right? So I'm not saying that Tony Khan's going to hold him to his contract. I could see him signing a small extension to try and maybe get to the next New Japan pay per view, and maybe I don't even know like if that would be good enough at that point. It's crazy that he's been back for as long as he has and wrestling the way he has, and he hasn't gone to New Japan. Like, uh, you know what I mean? It's so insane that that hasn't happened. So, but I could, it, it does, it does kind of have like a fucking tragic irony to it. The last goal he wanted to hit, he just isn't able to hit. I'm just glad we got the Zack Saber Jr. match because that's the one everyone's been wanting for years. So, you know, and the Okada match. So, I, 
at least we got those, you know. Yeah, and uh, thankfully we did because, you know, we can always look back on those matches with uh, fond memories because of how fucking awesome they were. Okay, I thought this was pretty cool. So the Wrestling Revolver is hosting a show called Unreal where Ronda Rousey will be debuting. Ronda Rousey is hitting the independent wrestling circuit in Los Angeles where she will be tag teaming with an AEW talent, Marina Shafir. Um, I just, I find that so freaking cool. Because you know what that Bro, says we, to me? If we sniped Ronda, that would be a fucking shot across the bow. That would be really neat. And you know what it says to me too? I think Ronda really likes wrestling. And I, I know a lot of people question that in the past two years. But I, when she does something like this, just to go team with her, with her friend, like that's so cool to me. And um, I, I, how many times last year did, did people say, "Oh, the independent wrestling scene is dead"? No, it's not. And it's it's going to constantly thrive, and and new stars will be made. And when you have stuff like this happening, Ronda's going to sell that show out if it isn't already sold out. Like. I think I think the problem is like I feel like if you probably I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was like a very, very active independent scene during the big boom in the nineties, and maybe I'm wrong. But I as far as I would imagine, if there was a big giant bidding war going on between just two promotions back then, now we got like four that are really trying to snag all the talent, you know, like Yeah. Um, Leon Slater just signing with TNA. That's a big deal because I guarantee you AEW and NXT were interested. A hundred percent. Like so I mean like, you know, like it's it's a different vibe so i imagine there's just a lot less talent available because even guys like anthony green who i'm a big fan of they ended up in places like you know Noah and stuff yep. like that because um you know and, and i'll tell you why noah ddt why those places i think are going to start becoming more of a factor and it's not just because noah is like one of the biggest promotions in japan right now as well as stardom but like i feel like there's just so much opportunity in those places because they have a very very tight you know knit audience of, of people that watch and they're super dedicated so if you go there and you do well you're gonna get noticed and you're gonna become fan favorite and probably get paid pretty well i would imagine even if they don't have the money of like even new japan but they're still gonna probably give you what you're worth so like yeah i think there's just a lot more talent grabbing going on out there i don't think the independent wrestling scene is dead. think about how I much think it could japan be like it was loaded that, up this year too like, it could be yeah that's a big thing because they were trying to get back in the game um the other thing i think that's huge right and people often, I think, don't really think about this is that um, that there is also a lot of, you know, there is there is a lot of independent wrestling that was killed back in like 2015 times back when NXT really hit, you know, hit the ground running was trying to destroy the independent wrestling scene. Let's just say it. You know, what I mean, like they were trying to become the independent wrestling scene, essentially, you know, I mean, um, NXT UK. Yes. Um, and they were trying to do NXT other places, you know what I mean? Like Japan, Japan, yep. I think, I think China was on the, on the books at some point, which didn't last long. Cause you know, but whatever they ended up bringing in a Chinese superstar though. So there you go. You know what I mean? Like, um, and that's like a super knit, tight knit wrestling scene. The Chinese wrestling scene. Like I feel like if you wrestle there, it's cause you got invited, you know, like it's not like one of those Imagine, things. Where, like, NXT Australia might've fucking, that, that could have been, that might've been a gold mine. If that had <laughs> happened, they might've gotten some of the best wrestlers in the world that are now like in AEW and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like certainly would have gotten the attention of Jay White, I would imagine, you know, like, um, but I don't know. Like, I, you know, so this is probably closer to that, honestly, but like at the end of the day, like, yeah, there's a lot of talent being snatched up. What I think will happen inevitably is like with people like Sonny Kiss, who admittedly just went to Impact, or I guess TNA now, um, but you know, like there's going to be people like that 
Alan Angels is out there right now. You know, um, there's going to be people that you can build shows around that have names that have been on national TV. So I think there's just a lack of that right now. Not to like drone on about the same point you know, for like 10 minutes, but it's just kind of where my mind is out on that, you know? Yeah. And um, our last little bit of news here before we jump into some Ring of Honor. Uh, Joey Janela is showing up at New Japan Pro Wrestling Lone Star Shootout event in Dallas, Texas on November 10th. Um, it's, uh, Joey Janela, former AEW, one of the AEW originals, we can, we can safely say, and, um, had the greatest dark match ever against Kenny Omega. So, um, but yeah, uh, Julia's going to be there and it sounds like she's facing, uh, Trisha Dora. So Julia and Trisha Dora for the NXT or for Jesus, for the new Japan strong, uh, women's championship. So shout out to Trish. Imagine another AEW talent just wins the championship like that. That'd be crazy. God, we need Julia in, in AEW or, or, or uh, ROH. We, I need to see her pop up on, uh, one of our programs. I need it. I need it. Really good. Like ridiculous. So we watched good. one match. No, we watched two matches with her in the first one. It was just really short. And so we didn't really get a lot to, we didn't get to see a lot, but we liked her in it. And then I think it was like a triple threat or something. And then we saw her in a tag match and that tag match was like, way better than it had any business it, it was so like, good it was oh ridiculous God. like they just i've never seen four people sell it like that that was crazy anyway that's why i talk about stardom so much because they they're just making they are literally like how nxt was for like you know like ended up being for the aw feeding system essentially like that's stardom's gonna be that for both companies i feel like because they got so much ridiculously good talent there right now like it's insane like um with contracts coming up too. Anyway, um, but so uh, that being said, yeah. we're gonna hand the baton over to you now for some Ring of Honor, where yeah, Athena and Billy Starks. We got some some tag team action happening this week. So hundred percent. Yep, 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 yep. This yep, was right. uh, Ring of Honor on Watch ROH episode. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know it. I have it listed. I just am scrolling way up. Uh, wait, did I not list? Wait, did I did I fuck up my notes? This might have happened. Hold on. Hold on. Pause. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't type it in here. It would, I, I believe it was... Uh, you know what? Actually, I can just pull it up really quickly. It will not take me that long. <laughs> totally in my most recent look at shit. It should still be signed in. So I believe it was 30... Sounds right. 35. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I should have oh, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Ooh. Fuck it. Ring of Count episode 35. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, we got a little uh, Angelico video package about Eddie Kingston. And I thought he really came across well here for the most part, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, I thought Angelico looked like a legitimate contender in this. And I, they're actually building up a contender on Ring of Honor for the world title, Charlie. What the fuck is going on? I don't know, but it's great. Um, we have, we have, we have storylines, and I actually like that Angelico's getting a little bit of shine because he's really underrated, in my opinion. Um, so we got a little bit to see that in the next, in the next match, or I used to say the first match on the show, which was Angelico versus Metalik. Uh, and Metalik, by the way, has been silently killing it in the background. He's not winning, but he's building a resume in Ring of Honor that I think people are going to remember um, that watch the show. Um, but I think he got some shine in this match either way. And then Helicat's this, like, absolutely insane Inziguri at one point in this match that just was, like, insane. I don't even know how to describe it. He just hit this Inziguri, and it just, it was, it was, it ha- it, the sound that it made made me go, like, damn, like, that's crazy. Um, and they trapped him in the Navarro death roll to pick up the win. Uh, and Helico versus Metalik, I would like to see this match get more time in the future, like, say, if one of them is a champion or something like that. 
Um, but Angelico looking strong here on Ring of Honor, Charlie. Do you have any thoughts on this match? I think Angelico is the perfect example of someone that, you know, he's at the very, very low end of the AEW card, and we don't see him too often, yet he's extremely talented. So I love seeing him get this opportunity on Ring of Honor and hopefully build upon something and, and carry it into AEW, or if the goal is just to build it in Ring of Honor, him being one of the mainstays. I I I am a big fan of it. He's definitely one of those ones that when we were formulating our like sort of like theoretical 30, 40 person Ring of Honor roster that we wanted to throw together, like uh, that we would kind of like throw out. Like I, again, like, this is the great thing about this podcast. If you go back and listen to the pre Ring of Honor on Honor Club days when we were talking about who should go to that roster, like most of those people are who's there now because it just made sense, you know. Um, I even think I remember threw out Eddie Kingston. I can specifically I remember we pitched. Because Sean Dean was more than likely going. So we pitched yes. his independent tag team partner joining him. And yep. lo and fucking 100%. behold, it happened. Really cool. And yeah, I think, it's all, I think and I'll always then, have a soft spot for them. It's like, it, it's our guys. There were so many people that like, when we were just have conversations too, that are on Ring of Honor now, that like, I was thinking in my head, I was like, yeah, if these guys somehow end up doing Ring of Honor stuff, it's gonna be insane, you know, like. Um, but because Ring of Honor historically has been the promotion where people from everywhere will come and just have matches. So I hope we can get back to that point. Right now, it's a little thing, it's a little too niche to necessarily do that with anyone but New Japan, you know. But I mean, I, you never know. Sometimes I mean, you get you've got we've gotten AAA guys and stuff before, so you just never know, you know. Um, so we had Lexi, uh, Lexi Nair backstage interviewing Kyle Fletcher, who's still looking up. He's like, yeah, you know, I might be losing all these big time matches. You know, I I might suck. But, you know, I still think I don't suck that bad and I'll be a champion one day. And I'm like, okay, I agree with that. You know, Um, I'm excited to see what he does next. Um, That was the vibe I had coming out of that promo. And what he did next was phenomenal. So, you know, absolutely. Or maybe what he'd done prior. But either way, Um, we had the infantry who you just mentioned taking on Terrence and Terrell Hughes, who, by the way, we have been also saying should be on Ring of Honor. Because uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, for those of you who remember Devon Dudley from the WWE, um, these are his sons, right, Charlie? uh, yes, and, I believe so. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, and they looked good. They've, they've not been given much in many of the matches we've seen from them. This is, like, I think, like, the fourth match we've seen the Hughes brothers in. Um, and they're good. They seem to sell well, and they seem to have a decent offense, but they just don't get a lot. You know, being on the low end of the totem pole, that's what you get. Uh, but I think based on the fact that the infantry got basically, like, a, a instant squash here, they're on the skyrocket, dude. I think those could be your next Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, bro, honestly. Even though it's MJF and Adam Cole right now, like, I think... Yeah, as long as they don't... Whoever yeah. beats them, because I think I think what's unfortunately probably going to happen is Adam Cole's going to come back and finally be able to defend the titles, and they're going to lose them, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's just how it's going to go, like, unfortunately, you know, like... I have... I have a... Because I don't want to take it off of them, off of, like, MJF losing it, because then that feels, like, weird. Yeah. Unless you do it with, like, it, Bullet Club Gold, which you It puts do. you that's in a, a weird spot, um... Ooh, maybe that's the plan. They win that at full gear, and so now you, ooh, it's up in the air. Will MJF retain? And then he retains. I don't know. That'd be cool. We'll I, I have a quick side note about Devon. Like if Adam Cole, I, not not to keep your side note, hold that thought for a second, because I do think that there's a, there, that could make sense, because if Adam Cole's going to be out for a while, maybe, you know, and like, uh, it looks like he him, is. That might be the move. Yeah. So if he's going to be out for a while, maybe you don't even have him come out, or if you have him try and come out, but he's obviously not able to do anything. And they lose the match, and then and then MJF is like, "Oh, am I going to win the main event now?" You know. Anyway, so go ahead. What were you going to so, say? So, uh, funny story about Devon Dudley. Um, he used to go in weekly to the grocery store that my sister uh, would manage, right? So he would weekly he would go in there weekly, and they actually, since she knew who she he was, she would talk to him, and they actually kind of developed a friendship. 
and they would talk some wrestling together. And um, I, I can tell you, Devon Dudley is a fan of AEW because uh, when my sister would tell him that, yeah, I've been watching some wrestling lately, but it's, it's mostly AEW. He would he would talk about how he liked it too. So I think to see his sons in Ring of Honor, and that's a really really cool. I, I'm sure he's very proud of that. And um, yeah, Devon Dudley, he's a very very nice guy. He had no reason to do that, and he was always uh, super nice to her. So just random side note. Oh, they literally used the 3D as their finisher, too. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, I like that. All right, cool. That's a, that's a cool little... T- yeah, I hope they get some, some use, because they obviously have some talent. Uh, and I think they're just in that spot right now, where we just don't know. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, yeah we don't know what they're going to do with them yet. Kind of like where the infantry were, like, a year and a half ago, you know, where they're like, we saw them as a potential team, because they'd been... T- they, they, before they were called the infantry, Carly Bravo, or I guess they were called the infantry in the Indies, but you know what I mean? Like, or maybe they weren't, but they were something... Whoever they, whatever they were on the Indies, right? Um, you know, they had tagged a few times on Dark, I think, or maybe even on something else, like you know, maybe like a Rampage or something like that, you know. And so we saw them as a potential team. That's why we, you know, put them for Ring of Honor. So I think I'm seeing a similar thing with these guys on Ring of Honor right now, and on stuff that we've seen them previously. So give them, a, give them a chance, TK. Come on, I, I believe in them. I believe that we will win. Yeah, that being said, though, I guess let's move on. Um, yeah, so backstage we had uh, Maria Canellis backstage with Lexi, and Layla Hirsch came in and was like, yo, I I still don't think I need your help, but I'm considering it. And Maria's like, I don't know, maybe you should have to earn it now. So they're doing that shit with the storyline, which is fine, you know. Um, it's going to go back and forth a couple of different times. Remember, remember the last time they did this and it actually worked was like, Dean Ambrose and and uh, and uh, Seth Rollins teaming. You remember that? And then they went back and forth for like, God, it felt like 10 years before they finally actually became a tag team. Yeah. And then they won the world titles. So whatever, I guess, you know, like, um, yeah, that was cool, though, because then they reunited the Shield. See, that was one example of a storyline WWE just went with because the crowd was behind it and they, they reunited the Shield. And unfortunately, I think it was Roman had his leukemia, right, or something like that, or something happened yeah. and he wasn't available. And so they had Kurt Angle. But, you know, it was a thing, kind of, eh, whatever. Um God, GM Kurt Angle. What an era of wrestling. Anyway, um, the workhorseman's Anthony Henry took on Dalton Castle. The package. All right, anyway. Um, nice. we, ne- we desperately needed this guy back in Ring of yes. Water, Charlie. We so badly did. Um, dude, <laughs> Anthony Henry seemed to be having an absolute blast in this match. He, just, he couldn't hold his composure. He's just like, God, this guy's just an absolute lunatic. And I love it. Um... Uh, he had some mean back elbows and it's like he was just he, i don't know what dalton did i don't know if he like stole his lunch money or something like when they were in like high school but like man this man was killing this man like jesus anyway um and um he was a little more aggressive himself in this match maybe that's why um, but i was just enjoying this match and uh, they gave henry more than i thought they would here and picked up the win with bangerang and just quick thoughts on this match charlie uh, we, we're big anthony henry guys God, here. seeing him in singles him action and he's just kicking oh, i loved it this is uh, these are the kind of matches that get me excited to watch Ring of Honor on a weekly basis. When we see two very talented individuals just go out there and have a legit singles match, and um, it Absolutely. Dalton Castle. This was not a Ring of Honor Dark. No, week, Dalton Castle. He he feels like a top star, and and I think he always will. It's his it's his aura, if you will, right? mm Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there's something – we talk about the it factor a lot on this podcast. Pro wrestling a lot of times and just entertainment in general. There is an it factor, and some people have it and some people don't. And you know, the people that don't end up having to work harder, but they can still succeed in entertainment, obviously. 
But he's got that it factor, and they just need to capitalize on that more. And he should be one of the main stars of Ring of Honor, and he is. So they just don't give him the shine sometimes, you know. Um. So we had Mark Sterling, Josh Woods, Tony Nese backstage with Lexi, and uh, Ethan Page came back and said, "Hey, you know, um, you cheated, you son of a bitch. How dare you? I had a win streak." And they were like. I mean, you know, it's just how it goes, you know, obviously I'm better than you. And he's like, okay, you know, Josh Woods, you're, you're the wrestler, right? You like to follow the rules. Um, you know, what, what if, what if, what, what would you be able to beat me? And he's like, yeah, I, I probably would be able to. And they were like, all right, we'll have a match then. <laughs> so that's what happened. Well, the match didn't happen yet, but they set a match for next week, obviously. So Ethan Page will be on Ring of Honor next week. Uh, Diamante and Mercedes took on Athena and Billy Starks. So we had the dark-colored dark gear for Billy Starks here, so the dark side is starting to take over. Um, and uh, at, this match was just kind of crazy. Like, immediately, I don't remember who it was, but Diamante just got chucked into the um, timekeeper area, and she just got fucking chucked out of the club, dude. It was just, she was tossed, bro. It was over, like... I don't know how she got up from that. That was crazy. Um, she landed like on her neck, dude. It was crazy. Anyway, um, yeah. And I think as much as crazy as this is about what I'm about to say, I think Athena is truly still somehow, even though she's like the most over thing in Ring of Honor right now, is still somehow the most underrated asset in the Tony Khan like sphere of influence. Like, because um, she doesn't get the shine that she deserves. I think on AEW TV, she's the star of Ring of Honor though, and I think got to show off a lot here. This is a tornado tag match, by the way, which a lot of times those don't really work for me, but I thought this one did just because they can get a little bit like, you know, especially because they have the freedom of being like an extreme rules match technically as well by the rules. You know what I mean? Like technically, I think you could get disqualified for using a weapon, but I, you know, it's tornado tag. I mean, would they really? Probably not. You know what I mean? So like, um, but I thought they kept this together as a match. Well, um, there was a hilarious chant of whoop that trick and light her up. Uh, this crowd was having a lot of fun time. Um, (laughs) She said that, that's what the crowd was saying. That's the same what the crowd said, you know? Um, and this was the first time, Charlie, and I cannot believe this is the first fucking time that Athena has ever lost in Ring of Honor. Wait, am I on the right notes? I, I believe I am, right? Yep. Yes? Yep. Okay, yeah. No, for some reason, I felt like that happened last week. No, I guess she didn't, right? Nope, she, she won last week. Did she? Oh, shit. Okay, so yeah, maybe I just... You know what it is? I've kind of... It's because it's like Tuesday, and my brain is like reset, I think, already. So anyway. But yeah, so this is the first time Athena loses the Ring of Honor, Charlie. Just talk about that. That's insane. She was like... What was it? Like 30 and 0 or something in title defenses or yeah, something ridiculous? I, and like, you know what? I think Diamante and Mercedes Martinez kind of do deserve that rub. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of cool that now they can say... I would love Diamante to get a shot at the title and, and actually win it, you know, like a shot with the championship. Cause I think she's got a lot of talent. That's, that's un, like almost like untouched still. So. Oh, Mercedes, you think? Uh, Diamante. Oh, Diamante. Yeah. Honestly, dude, like, Oh dude. Yeah. That's, I've been talking about that for a while. Diamante is one of those women's stars that was on AEW TV kind of like infrequently for a while. And was very much on dark, you know? But just never really, you know, never really got used. And, uh, you know, she's not, like, on the front end of her career or anything. I'm not saying she's old. She's not. She's still in that, you know, like, sort of primish age of wrestling, you know what I mean, for, for females. But she's not on the short end either. So, like, you know, like, she's she's got to get some of this stuff out at some point. Otherwise, she's going to not be remembered for a lot, which sucks. Because she's been very, obviously, important to the independent scene. Because they brought, brought her into AEW in the first place. So, you got to be making some kind of noise. So, 
but this was a really fun match. Um, again, Athena is still the best thing on Ring of Honor by far. And we had Kyle Fletcher take on Willie Mack. And uh, I think Mack is slowly getting more and more uh, of his offense allowed to be in in these matches. Like maybe the transition happened a while ago and they fully accepted him as like a full star at this point. But like maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes it still feels like he gets beat pretty quickly. Um, is Kyle Fletcher stuck in a little bit of limbo right now because of not having Mark? Or, or is he in like the in that spot that, you know, kind of Darius is right now where they can't really do anything with him effectively because they tag partners what they I, really want to focus on i think kyle's almost in an opposite part where he might move into singles wrestling and he's getting a lot of spots at being a singles wrestler going forward so i mean to be honest with you i think for a long time if they ever had singles matches they gave them to mark in both new japan and so you know like because mark is a pretty solidly good singles wrestler himself but um i always i always liked kyle a lot so I also didn't know that Caprice was in a tag team with Cedric Alexander back in the day. That's pretty That's cool. awesome. That I, I got to find footage of that because you know that, that that tells me the level of wrestler that Caprice was because Cedric ain't gonna wrestle with some schmuck. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and and holy shit, Charlie, a pile driver winning a match that happened a couple of times this week. Damn, mm-hmm. holy shit, that never happens in wrestling. Uh, Lexi and Billy were backstage, and Athena yelled at Billy and. Uh, I was saying she's going to drag her. She's trying to drag her from the trash, you know, and make her into something which she just keeps failing. So I, I, maybe we're getting, are we getting another training segment? What's had maybe, but also uh, there could be some cracks in the foundation of, of the minions. It, it might be a thing. The MIT might be falling apart, Charlie. I don't know. This could be the thing that brings them all together though. You know, who knows? Is it all right? Tell me, do you think, what do you think is more likely? Do we think Athena is going to give up being the dark, like, goddess? Or do we think Billy is going to lean in and become evil? Uh, 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 I think it's going to be Billy. I, 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 what if, what if both? Ooh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. Dude, I, I am so down with that angle. God, every it's that would be interesting. It's so fun to look forward to that. Or what if the way that she does it is because Billy has been getting all the shit and Lexi has been treated as like this like queen? What if the way she turns on him is she just fucking decks Lexi, dude? That would be insane. Whoa, yo, Lexi taking a bump. I'm in. Let's be real, she probably can. Yeah, oh, she, she looks like she can. knows what she's doing, hundred percent. You know, she could have been a wrestler. She's got that build. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, all right. All right. So we had some people with some new presentations, uh, at various uh, points this week. And this was one of the first ones that I really took note of Slim J with a very different entrance and, uh, sort of, they're trying to reset Slim J. It looks like a uh, post, uh, you know, what the hell was that faction called? <laughs> what was it? The, a- the, uh, Ari Dabari faction. What was it? The, uh, the trust, trust busters. busters. Yes. Oh my God. That died a painful death. delete that from my memory yeah. fuck anyway that um, one, uh, but yeah if a slim jones was back uh taking on gringo loco gravity and blake christian which is kind of a random match but i mean hey whatever and to be honest with you it that could have they could have gotten away with that more you know but it was kind of a low energy like four like four corner luchas matches tend to be like really exciting and this one was kind of like mm, whatever but uh, it, the, basically, the, the finish was everyone was hitting big spots, trying to you know break up the pin of the other person after they hit their finisher, and uh, Gravity just was there last, so he wins. Um, which is how Lucha Scrambles tend to go anyway, but that was, and I thought it was a good ending. Um, and we had uh, 
Layla Hirsch versus Nyx. And there was no quarter given. And she put the boots to her and uh, locked in the armbar, I believe. And I think that was it. Um, so, yeah, Layla Hirsch, quick win. So hopefully that was impressive enough to get her in with the faction. But we don't, you know, maybe we won't find out. We'll, we'll see. Um, we had Lee Moriarty with another new presentation here, which is probably good because he's obviously with Shane Taylor now. So he should probably have some slightly different, you know, presentation to his his you know his idea of who he is uh taking on darius martin i think darius did a really good job selling in this match charlie and uh shane knocked his ass out cold Oof. and then uh damn shane's just leaning into that shit he's trying to be athena Whoa. and i don't blame him because that shit's cool yeah. you know um but uh yeah he left the border city stretch on long after the bell and then andretti came out to make the save so i'm assuming that's setting up lee moriarty versus andretti um so there you go. That'll probably be a match. Uh, we had Rob, we had two people that actually we haven't seen in a little while that I'm glad I got a spot here. Uh, we had Robin Renegade taking on Rachel Ellering here. And uh, it's been a bit since we saw any of these people, really, to be honest with you. Rachel has been on, I think, more recently, but I can't remember what it was. So it hasn't been that recently. Um, and I do think Rachel is actually really good, Charlie. I think this is one they need to sign and bring into Ring of Honor and make her a main Ring of Honor Women's Division star. Maybe even start using her on AEW because she's got something. I think she's got it. I think whatever talent that... Um, her father had transferred into her. You know what I mean? Like, I think she's got it. You know what I mean? I think whatever it is, you know, she has it. Um, and uh, she had a really nice boss woman slam. So, yeah, just a really good showing for Rachel Ellering here. And Robin Renegade, obviously, really solidly good talent. These are all talents that should be mainstays on this on this show and maybe even on AEW. And then we had uh, Griff Garrison and Cole Carter taking on the Gates of Agony and the Iron Savages. And uh, Nani yelled at them to kill them at one point. Um, which was hilarious. Uh, Nana is like literally one of the best things on any of these television shows. It's sort of a short main event, but uh, you know, this basically was just them sacrificing Cole Carter's go- uh, soul to the gods, you know, of destruction, and uh, that's what happened. So um, how, after that, uh, how do you feel you know, about Carter and Griff? Does it do anything for you? They're gonna do something eventually. I think they're another one of those tag teams that could be something down the road because I do think they actually have good chemistry as a tag team. I just don't know if they won't have the use for them yet. But we'll see. Can we just can and, we uh, light a, a candle for this? This should have this could have been Carter and Clayton. It been, <laughs> that's true. It could have been who? Anyway, all right. I'm gonna be right back. I need to use the restroom, but yeah, go ahead and take us in the rant. Uh, kick us off yeah. on some AEW dynamite, right? So this week, um, we we kind of knew going into it they were they were pulling out some heavy punches. Uh, we had some Sting stuff going on. We had the Diamond Ring going on. We had Kazuchika Okada wrestling. A women's title on the line. The Hung Bucks. So, going into it, I think it felt like we ha- we knew we had a big week of AEW Dynamite. So, we open up with Renee Paquette. She's backstage with, the, backstage with MJF, who's calling Adam Cole on the phone. And he answers this time. MJF got about two words before we hear, Adam! Roger Strong's wheeled in. Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, that son of a Melvin. After MJF hangs up the phone, Strong said, despite knowing MJF is behind the devil mask, they'll help him in his eight-man tag with Bullet Club Gold. MJF shoved Roderick Strong's wheelchair out of frame and said, tonight, after everything Juice Robinson has said about him, he has a bullet with Robinson's name on it. And tonight in Philadelphia, he's not going to miss. We see the camera then cut to the devil who stares at the screen before shoving it away. Who could it be? Um, I again, I really don't know who the who is going to be in the mask. Uh, if I was a betting man, I'm either betting Adam Cole or Jack Perry. Still, I I don't know which one it's going to be. Um, 
whoever it is, they're not like thick. I mean, again, but then again, they can always swap that person out. So that makes me think it's not Kenny Omega. So I got I got Adam and uh, Perry there. So we open up MJF, Juice Robinson for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Another week where MJF's wrestling twice. I got to say, I thought the match itself was pretty good. Um, MJF was not able to out scumbag Juice Robinson. Uh, <laughs> Juice was Juice was the scumbag of this match. I I think Juice, if in terms of a breakout year for someone, wow, Juice Robinson's stock on October 31st compared to fucking January 1st is through the roof. He seriously has had an excellent year. And to wrestle the AEW world champion in a prominent spot for the Dynamite Diamond Ring, who yet again was retained for MJF, it was a big deal for him. And he's going to be wrestling him next week as well. So, um, this, yeah, this, this was all about the guns trying to get their shenanigans. Jay White was fantastic on commentary here. And, uh, I mean, yeah, the match was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Um, post-match, the guns attacked MJF, but the kingdom made the save. Fight them off briefly. Uh, White joined the beatdown. Robinson was about to hit him home run. The acclaimed and daddy ass hit the ring to make the save. So MJF's got two different trios trying to help him out. On top of the ramp, White said despite everything that'll just happen, he'll pummel his face into the ground and MJF will breathe with the switch blade. Colt Gunn then issued a challenge uh, for the ROH tag titles at full gear. MJF told the ass boys to shut up. He accepted the handicap match, but said next week it'll be an eight-man tag and White will be forced to It's to so give funny because this is going to go down as a solo tag team defense I, title. I know. Which is awesome. Uh, he... Like, nobody else has ever done that. That's awesome, you know, like... I mean, maybe they have. I just don't know about it, but, like, they haven't done it in a long time. That's so, so cool. So, MGF is demanding he gets the Triple B back. Um, Roderick Strong screaming that Max was going to pick them. MGF told them all to roll off a cliff. Max Caster said that MGF is picking them. But MGF said even if he was on fire, he wouldn't team with Caster. Despite all that, Caster still wanted to scissor. MGF rejected him. Pain. As MJF is walking up the ramp, Kenny Omega's music hits and he has a face-off for the AEW champion. Omega said, MJF, you have something I want. Omega <laughs> has something MJF wants as well. Uh, MJF said, how about Collision this Saturday, which we already talked about, which was fucking awesome. But yes, Kenny Omega embraced his inner Moff Gideon. You have something I want. Um, yeah, this this is what's leading me to believe that, uh, that Full Gear, his teammates are going to be him and the Young Bucks. That's what I think. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Because he beat him, right? He gave him his match. He beat him fair and square. You know? Yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? But it could also be somebody else. I, honestly, it'd be kind of cool if he brought, like, three people from MLW or something like that. That'd be insane. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Right? Do you have any ideas about who his partners are going to be for this match? Like, I have no idea. I honestly think there's a chance it's a mix. I am not going to be terribly shocked if his partners are like uh, Caster strong. And I don't know. I it, It's also possible that this is how they're going to reveal the devil mask. You know what I mean? Although I think they might be saving that for full gear. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'd love it if he got the house of black. That's, that's what I'm, I'm thinking he went out and got the baddest motherfuckers he can find. Uh, so that's what I'm going to hope he did. <laughs> that would certainly be a hell of a match. So I'm definitely down for that. We um, get a, we get a vignette for Wardlow, and oh my god, this is what we've been needing. 
he's shown talking about how he was sent into a dark place at home, all while MJF was becoming the face of AEW and everyone supporting him. He sat at home watching MJF main event the biggest show in wrestling as world champion and said there is nothing left for MJF to take from him. But now Wardlow will take everything from MJF. If you're talking in character, there is no reason Wardlow shouldn't want to just destroy MJF again. 100%. I mean, think about it. The spiral that Wardlow went down, it's all been traced back to MJF. So they need to do this feud regardless. And part of, of that is definitely a shoot. Oh, like, 100%. There was absolutely an overshadowing MJF's got a flight booked out of town. Like, you remember this. Double or nothing last year. He had the flight booked yeah. out of town. And we were like, oh, my God. It, it's all that everyone was talking about pre-show. And it's like, we had to fuck it. That's what we kept saying, too. That it was probably going to overcover whatever was going on in the actual yep. show, which is unfortunate. And there was a big period there for, like, a half of a year where everything at AEW was just drama and it was talking about. And no, no one was talking about the content at all. It was crazy. Like I have proof. MJF has a flight booked out of Vegas. It's like, dude, come on. Oh. Uh, <laughs> FTW champion Hook and Rob Van Dam defeated John Silver and Alex Reynolds with Evil Uno. Commentary uh, made note a lot here that Evil Uno is kind of changing the ways of Silver and Reynolds. They're becoming evil because of him. So I think that's something they're trying to let us know. Because I don't think I've necessarily been seeing it that way. But now that they've let us know, I'm like, okay, that switch has been flicked for me. So now going forward, I'm going to see if it is portrayed better as evil uno as his cult leader to the other guys being followers because again dark order was entirely formed upon that but they haven't really done that since and um yeah i'm just god i don't i don't uh, let's see what they recruit but well let's let's think about this like this was you know this was uh this was you know um Brody Lee's like death faction you know what i mean like it never really got to be that other than when he was there obviously but like you know, that was the goal was they were going to be this cult of like personality that was going to like take over AW or whatever, or at least try to, you know, I genuinely believe he would have won the world championship like that. I mean, oh, won the yes. Oh, God, like he was so, so over too. He was so going to be at the world champion at some point. And maybe, you know, maybe you'd have had some tag title wins and stuff, but it's just, you know, him and Kenny Omega were the top heels sometimes. by far, by a yeah. mile. They were the top heels. Um, but this this was fun. I, I'm enjoying what RVD's been doing on AEW. I think it really elevates Hook. Um, as a lot of AEW wrestlers that they've done before in the past, you know, they get their daddy right. And Hook, in this case, Rob Van Dam's going to be his daddy. He's going to be he's going to be guiding the light for him. And uh, I'm curious if this is a partnership that's going to last, or if it's just for one offs like this. But uh, I I think that maybe like over the next five six months we all get like a flick several one shots like this from rob van dam and he's just wonder yeah. i think he's just i think he's done i think he's retired basically at this point but he's doing the wrestler thing where you're a little bit older but you still have the ability to wrestle Probably gets so a nice good you, paycheck out of it too for being real oh 100 percent. i get i guarantee he's not on a contract and he's doing a per no. appearance there's no way you know what i mean like if they have him under contract great but i don't think he's probably doing the math like oh i do so. one of these and i i could chill for a month <laughs> i i get a quick aw match in i'm i'm set for the next month <laughs> I gotta do shit. Like, think about it, like you know. Oh, I, 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 my mansion has property taxes coming up. Oh shit! I, you know what? I gotta go do a match. Yep, I'm gonna. Go, uh, I'll call up AW real quick. Uh, what's Hook doing? Oh, you guys are in Philly. I'm in. Um, <laughs> you guys need a book. You need a rampage to sell. I'm your guy. Call me. Um, yeah, this was fun. Uh, Reynolds was planted with the five star frog splash. Hook slapped the red room before Silver to tap. 
I uh, I think it's right having Hook win. I, I do think it's time we give Hook something real, though. Like I, I've said that for a while, but I, I think I think he's just about there. I think he needs to have a storyline where he actually engages with the story a little bit more. Um, I think what he was doing with who was it? He had just recently Perry. had sort of a bit of a storyline with, like yeah, it was Jack Perry. Yeah, no, that was if, good. I think it was very good. If Jack, Perry, honestly, that probably would have continued if Jack Perry hadn't been thrown off TV. So, which we're yeah. over two months now, which is why I think he is going to be under the devil mask. I was kind of saying that while you were gone. I, I, I feel more and more confident that it's going to be him. So, if it's not Adam Cole, I really hope not because it feels like they had him on like like within weeks after CM like a week or two after CM Punk being gone. That just feels kind of fucking. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, 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 mean? I, think, like, it feels a little... I think you can form a new faction around him because I, I think he's the only one that's missing that next step, and this devil mask will help him. Um, RJ City. God, I love seeing RJ City uh, week to week. He let us know this was not Turner Classic Movies host Ben Makowitz when Tony Storm appeared and sent it to picture picture with her third movie, Hold the Butler. We're informed by Excalibur that Storm will be getting a women's world title shot at full gear against the winner of Carl Sheeta and Ruby Soho later tonight. And in Hold the Butler, we meet the butler at Duke. It's Luther, who's been renamed to Luther. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love this, dude. I'm so down. Because you know what's going to happen? I wish we still had Dark because we were, on Dark Elevation, it was a fucking meme where Paul White would come up with like 15 million different things that Luther had done in his past lives. And you know what? Now he's been a butler. So I guess <laughs> the guy really is just a jack of all fucking trades and he just does whatever the fuck he wants. And he's also a legendary deathmatch wrestler. So fuck it. I love this fit for him, by the way. And oh. the deathmatch wrestler is the suave butler. I just I love that. The lore so that we're adding is so to Tony Storm's timeless character is growing so fast. And if tomorrow... If they do debut Mariah May, because Mariah May's been posting about Wednesday, and she put out this video called Portrait of a Wrestler. I, look, I, that the rumor three weeks ago, four weeks ago, was that she's going to be teaming up with Tommy, Tony Storm. So, hey, if if we meet, if her group is Mariah May, Tony Storm, and Luther, Luther, my bad, I'm so down. Yeah, because like if you you know if you want to go the full gambit, you could be like, well, if we're you know if if we do what we should do, then if they cost Sheeta the title, right? Then Sheeta should probably team up with somebody from Stardom too, and I think that's how you get your Julia or you know somebody else like Julia. You know, yeah. and, you yeah. can get Mariah's group from Stardom over. You could have some fun with it. All right, we got Tony Khan's big surprise for Sting. Uh, the surprise is Ric Flair. I'm excited to talk about this. We um, have not at all. And um, yeah, just real quick before we get to okay. the Christian Cage stuff, uh, it's Ric Flair. Ric Flair mentions yeah. he wants to be here with him till the till the rad till the wagon falls off. I think I'm fine with that. Um, I, I'm fine with that. Whatever. It's not like he's going to do anything. You know what I mean? We like, know Flair's uh, son-in-law is in the company, uh, Andrade El Idolo. I expect him to be doing stuff with him as Andra- well. I would be shocked if they decided not. Andrade to do was very, very happy um, with this. He posted on, I believe, Instagram. So, Ric Flair is here. Uh, I, you know, it, this seemed like a big moment for Tony Schiavone. Was really selling it. Um, Taz and Excalibur were really selling it. That this is a big deal for TBS and for TNT, for Turner, I should say, to have these two guys back because I'm sure the highest number they ever did on on Turner was with these two guys in it. So, I, I'm sure that's a really cool moment. I, I, that being said, I'll, I'll say I'll talk to you in a second before we get into the Christian Cage stuff. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I don't really know if I need Ric Flair on our screens for the next five months. I don't really care for Ric Flair. Uh, I mean, look, if, if, if he can help out, uh, we'll just say it straight up. He's not a good person. He's not a good person. He's, he's not. And he's a very bad person. Look at dark side of the ring. Any of the dark side of the rings, really fucking, but especially the one on the plane ride from hell. If you want to know how, um, how what kind of person he is, you know? And I just, I, I don't know if, if we need that, but if it, you know, I, it never hurts like Jake, the snake Roberts to bring in talent that is legendary in this business. Now, I, if we see Ric Flair, God, imagine getting a segment with those. Two. If we That'd see Ric Flair suiting up and having a match with Jeff Jarrett, I might fucking lose it. And uh, we might have to just, if he has a match with Papa Briscoe, I'm in, but not Jeff Jarrett. Um, no, but uh, wait, no, Papa Briscoe will be worse. What? what? No, nah, we need it. Give me it, Ric Flair, Papa Briscoe, one on one at the farm. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a cool moment. It's just it the the nostalgia doesn't resonate with me. So I'm gonna toss it to you here. What are your thoughts on this? So I think uh, we got to stop with these this special thing from Tony Khan being something that nobody really was wanting. Like I'm sorry, I like Ric Flair, and I'm I'm with you on that stuff. But the thing is, like I'm I'm fine with him being on TV if he's not doing anything because he's not gonna do anything that's gonna hurt anything. He's just gonna be there and it's gonna pop a big ass rating for AEW. So you know, like, um, does he move the needle? And if it doesn't, then you take him off TV. I mean, that's really the truth because Andrade is mostly existing on Collision right now. So if you just want to stick him with Andrade, you can do that too. I mean, this is not exclusively necessarily have to be a Sting thing. And we all know what Ric Flair's past is like. He could absolutely turn on Sting at some point and no longer be involved in that story, or at least not on Sting's side. So, um, Ric Flair in yeah, Andrade's uh, corner could be the thing he needs, but... I think that would be the little boost that the people would be like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're, like, related and technically yeah, now. And, and from, marriage, from so like, at least know, like, in the public image, they have a good relationship together, considering what Andrade posted. So, And I would, like, I wish we were at a top point, which we're not, but I wish we were at a point where we could have him coming out and Charlotte sitting in the fucking crowd, but there's not a realistic possibility of that happening. You know what I mean? Like, no. Yeah. It sucks, but it can't happen, which I don't... Remember the era when we first started covering this, when they'd still have people backstage, like people from the other people's like wives and husbands and stuff like that, that were in the WWE and stuff like that would still show up and shit. Like, yeah, I, I the only one that could ever get away with that was Renee because they knew she was gone. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but I bet she told them as soon as John Walker, yeah, you know what? I, I know I'm under contract for the next few years, but you know, I'm gone as soon as I'm out. And they're like, oh yeah, you, we're going to get our money's worth out of you. You're going to be hosting a show for us. So it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, <laughs> like, fine. Um, Just make me a bigger star, you know, like. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, Christian no, I mean, Cage's music hits, and I think this was the perfect. Dude, he call. went fucking nuclear here. This dude. was the perfect call because I think if if they knew, like the crowd did care about Ric Flair, but just in case they didn't, this was the perfect call. And um, Cage said, uh, "Tony Khan is a billionaire, but his present wasn't a suit, gold chains. But his present was a suit, gold chains, and a black liver." He said, Flair is moving pretty well. It doesn't feel like he's watching Weekend at Bernie's at all. Cage said, Ric Flair isn't dead and knows there isn't a god because if there was, Flair would have been dead 20 years ago. <laughs> he Jesus said, Christ, Christian. <laughs> he said, god. He said, Alan's still a sour grapes losing to him. He takes a shot at the Phillies. Said he doesn't want to wait until Revolution for Sting to be gone. He issued a six-man tag challenge for full gear with Sting and Allen as a partner. Even though Flair was there, he's a super kick away from turning to dust. Sting then sneezed and said he was allergic to jackasses. I, I need a gift the of, of, of Ric Flair getting super kicked by Shawn Michaels and then turning into dust like fucking Infinity War, please. <laughs> yes! 
Um, yeah, he went nuclear. Um, Renee's backstage with Chris Jericho. Earlier today for a medical update following the destruction by powerhouse Hobbs. Jericho said he can't remember ever being beaten down that badly in his career. And what hurts the most is his ego. Oh, shit. He's got a bruised ego. Uh, Jericho was asked if it was time to hang out up potentially or if it was time to get even stronger and gain revenge. Don Callis has a large family, but Jericho has friends as well, bigger than even Will Hobbs. So maybe it's time to give them a call. Boom, boom, boom. I have. Yeah, so we're probably getting Jericho show. Or I guess probably like Jericho and Paul. White, or is it going to be Captain Insano? Well, who's it going to be? You know, like they've been teasing Captain Insano in acclaimed videos for a while now. Are we getting Captain Insano? I'm almost wondering if it's going to be something like pretty unexpected here. Uh, God, I I will say this. Everyone seems to be leaning toward being Paul White. I don't actually know. Um, he knows some big guys. Like what if he brings in like, I don't know, like Ishii or something. Ishii's on like his, you know, a Hall of Fame run right now. So yeah, like, yeah. maybe that would be, you know, maybe that would be the call. Um, can I just go back to the thing? I cannot believe that that gift for Sting wasn't a Hall of Fame ring, by the way. It, maybe AEW never does that, but like, that's kind of wild to me that that's not what you go with. I know that seems like premature, but like, he announced his last match. I think if they do that, they might do it at Revolution. <sighs> yeah. But then when's their like, award show going to be? Like, it doesn't even make sense, but whatever. Like, yeah, it might just be too early for a Hall of Fame, right? Maybe he... We need an AEW Awards. Like, the Slammies were lit. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Oh, legit, like, AEW shoot Awards. award show would be fucking amazing. Yes. Yes, yes that would be amazing. Like, match of the year, fucking... Because you know you could have Meltzer, like, he would absolutely contribute to that. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, yeah, and... you could do shoot voting. Oh, hell yeah. That'd be, that'd be insane. Vote now at AEW... Type AEW into your at phone. At shopaew.com. <laughs> Go to chopaw.com by buying their merch right yeah. now. That would be a hell of a fucking way to sell merch. Um, All right. The, we anyway, we yeah. have the ROH six-man tag team titles on the line where the Hun Bucks defeat the Hardys and Brother Zay. This was exactly what you'd think it was. It was... Uh, yeah, it was certainly a match. It was just Young Bucks were hitting all of their fun moves on Brother Zay, and the Hardys were just kind of, you know... The Hardys are kind of like a three-move groove right now where they'll hit their three moves, and that's kind of all you're getting. But, um, yeah, they eventually just kind of turned it into a little uh, little spots here and there with uh, the Jacksons and uh, Brothers. I'll leave it to AEW. They took a match that was kind of like, meh, and then they threw something on at the end that just made this like a must-watch segment. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, And uh, the Bucks uh, connected a BTE on Zay to retain the titles, and... Immediately, they jump to Swerve Strickland and Prince Nana on the big screen. And they're inside a home. And we, we learn quickly it's Hangman Pages. He sprints out of the ring. I don't know. What's he doing? You think he's calling an airline? What, what's he doing there? Like, I don't know what. I, I, he's he's I, just got to get the hell. hopping in a car and just driving. He had to get the know. hell out of that arena. That's what I'm going to uh-huh. assume. I hope on BTE you see him just like sprinting out of the fucking arena. That would be pretty awesome. Strickland said they owe him something. As he tore up Paige's child, uh, Paige's children's paintings on the fridge, Nana ate some chocolate berries. They heard a noise. Strickland said it wasn't just Paige who will pay for his actions. It's his loved ones. <laughs> Strickland stood over his child's crib and said he's forever indebted to Strickland and it's, in, it's his father's fault. 
uh, swerve. Bro, imagine if Hangman's kid becomes a wrestler in, like ten years from now. They have a storyline where the kid like turns on his father and like like Dominic Mysterio style against Hangman, bro. Oh my god! Strickland put one of his shirts in the crib as Nana told him they needed to go. Um, yeah, it's gonna be like fifteen years from now, whatever. You know what I mean? Like this, 20, whatever. Took this feud to the next level, and this Old was swerve. brilliant. Old decrepit fifty-year-old swerve. No. Yes, uh, but absolutely <laughs> brilliant angle, and um, I'm excited what they do what they do next with this. I'm a little confused. Was there just nobody in the house? Did they just like just, the wife was just not there? Or was she just asleep? I think she was they sleeping. Were, like, yeah. Ninjas. Yeah, I guess they're just like ninjas. You know, that's fine. Yeah, I, I could buy that Swerve's, you know, capable of breaking in. Wait, hold on. Let me phrase this properly. Capable of getting in and out of a place without being seen. I, I would believe that based on how he, like, does, like, the sneak attacks on people. Oh, and, like, yeah. gets away with it. You know what I mean? Like, how he always plans, like, the covert actions. I wanted to make sure I was really clear about what I was saying there. All right. Um, Strickland. Um, but also, it's part of his gimmick right now. Like, he's he's... Be broken in Nick Wayne's house, you know what I mean? So actually, I don't even think that's weird. Which to that say. might be my in favorite character. dynamite segment of the month, still or of the year. It's one of them. Yeah, honestly, like if we had like a well, that yeah, you could put that as like your favorite moment or if, like uh, it was really really segment. good. But there's a couple of things that that could slot into for you if you wanted to put it on your awards this year. Um, it's definitely something I'll have to consider. I think I have pretty much all like matches and like debuts and stuff like that for my stuff right now. But you know, we still got another pay per view before we even like lock any of that stuff in anyway so we jump backstage where renee is with adam copeland and when darby Allen and sting approach told him copeland wants told him he knows copeland wants to end his career riding off the sunset with christian but that's not the world they're living in copeland stopped Allen when sting interrupted and said copeland to stop having blinders on sting said he learned from rick flair the dirtiest player in the game to see through guys like christian cage and demands that copeland is hearing him before it's too late they go back don't mess it all up now get with it we have our first AEW women's title match of the week where Hikaru Shida defeats Ruby Soho to retain the title. Um, this, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were not feeling this match. And their match that really? they had so together. Me. I thought it was fine. They had together on Rampage last month. I feel personally, I enjoyed that one a lot more. Uh, that being said, I, I, I don't know what might have happened here but just i think certain spots that they tried to do just maybe they they just got a little too clunky and it kind of just resulted in the match just not feeling that fun but that being said besides the weird spots i thought they were working pretty well together um Sheeta, you know, her torture rack, stuff like that. And when you, if you take out all the shenanigans with the spray paint and this and that, I think what they were doing in between that was perfectly fine. Um, Sheeta hit a katana knee for two. She avoids the no future, which really was done well. Um, she hit Soho with a knee. They trade some near falls, and then Soho ran into the to an exposed turnbuckle, and Sheeta hit another knee for the win. Now, that being said, post-match, timeless Tony Storm walks out to the stage, poses for the crowd with her new butler, Lutha, and Taz was losing it. Um, but yeah, uh, what'd you think? And uh, uh, first uh, title match of the week. And, and I think you set it up really well earlier that Ruby, she's kind of always in positions to lose, and uh, she was not winning this match. She wasn't winning this match. She's probably not winning her next match. I doubt she wins a title anytime soon. It sucks to say that, but it's probably the truth, you know. Um, 
And even though she's well deserving of it, you know, um, this is almost a situation where, like, I wish we didn't already have people saying that AEW had too many titles because I like would have like to have a women's tag division. There's so many women that just don't get used. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, and you could definitely use some of the ones you bring in from Ring of Honor if you just need people to lose to them. And it's like, well, that wouldn't really solve the problem though because you just need to book them more and book them better. And I think, I'm, I think part of what you're saying could probably be like lack of reps for the roster, man. Like, honestly, that's it. Sounds crazy, but. Maybe when you don't have a rep every other week, you sometimes, you know, it's not as crisp, you know, maybe they're trying to do that on purpose. I don't know. Sometimes I say that stuff and then they say, oh, I, well, I was actually trying to make it look like I didn't know, you know, that was harder to do. It's not always perfect. Like, yeah, I get that. But like every move, though. Anyway. Yeah. Um, But I, I didn't have as much of a problem with the actual match content. OK. thought it was fine. Um, But, you know, I, I, I usually with women's matches i'm always this way where people will be like yeah i didn't like this match and even you will be like that sometimes and i'll be like really i didn't really have a problem with it felt like the same quality of women's match that we usually get you know like maybe yeah not as good as some of the best but certainly in the middle of the road it just felt, felt like a fit right in there and unfortunately this has kind of been every sheet of title defense since she's won it the most recent couple of times um has been really not that you know build up and really some of them aren't as great as others so i think that's why they keep taking it off her really quickly i really hope that doesn't happen again here because i would like to see somebody hold this title for a little bit but they literally might be putting it on tony storm so who knows you know like yeah. i don't know like, uh genuinely don't know anymore renee's backstage with mjf she asked him about everything he has on his plate smojo walks in applauding said mjf he'll be mjf's friend since he doesn't seem to have any mjf gladly says he accepts but joe said under one condition gives him an AEW world title shot in return joe said don't worry He'll, he sure will have his answer soon enough. And uh, the challenges for MJF's world title are coming from every direction. If MJF beats all of these guys that are targeting him at the same time, that's going to be insane. It would be really fun. Um, main event, Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli taking on and defeating an AW International Champion, Orange Cassidy and Kazuchika Okada. Um, I got to tell you, I like the way that they kind of organized everything in this match, whether it was our interaction that we finally had with Okada and Danielson with, you know, without kind of truly giving away what, what would be a rematch. Um, Claudio and Orange Cassidy, yo, they were, they were on fire together. And then they immediately yeah, announced going to be the third, like match that they've had against each other i think unless they did like another tag at some point but in recent time and it, i think the title match they're gonna have is gonna be insane as well like i am very excited for it um it was so cool seeing okada booked on a random wednesday in fucking october and it, it i just i'm so glad i mean post-match it looked like okada was egging him on which i think's probably their idea for the tokyo dome match so we'll have to keep an eye on that and uh yeah, I, I thought there was a an orange punch into a swing that was just phenomenal. Like, seriously, just phenomenal. And um, No, nah, you know what was phenomenal was, like, the finish of the match where Claudio fucking sent Cassidy's jaw into the next fucking county, oh, bro. Oh, it was so good. The pop-up uppercut. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, post-match, there's a lot of shenanigans going down. Moxley, Yuta, Best Friends, Statlander, Romero, Hook. And everyone's, yeah, everyone was out there. So, yeah, all in all, I thought a really, really enjoyable Dynamite. And um, it kind of set the tone for the rest of the shows this week. As in, you know, we'll we'll immediately jump to Rampage here, where uh, 
you know, we, we covered the beginning, which was just awesome. Um, of the Santana and Ortiz grudge match. Uh, we have a, we jumped to a video package that's putting over the Kenny Omega and MJF match. Holy shit. This was awesome. This genuinely, like, I want to imagine that some of this stuff does sell matches for people. Not that this match needed it, but I think this package did the perfect job showing how big this match is. Um, I mean, yeah, like, you, you know, it, what what you don't realize is how similar the path that, like, in AEW that MJF has taken, similarly to kind of, like, how Kenny came up in, and became, like, the top guy, even though a lot of people probably wouldn't have wanted him to be in New Japan. There's just so many parallels, and there's so many, like, cool things. Like, from day one, these have both been AEW guys, and Kenny, you know, feels like a bit of kinship and ownership. He feels kinship with MJF for being champion, right? But he also feels like an ownership over that longest title reign, and he feels like he has a right to defend it, even though that's not really how they do things in AEW, you know? Like, I like that Kenny's basically saying, I can, I, I'll bend the rules because this is, this is important to me, the legacy of this championship. And really, what this match ultimately is going to be about is whether or not he believes MJF can live up to the legacy of that championship reign that he's built. So, you know, like, I just think it's a really cool video package that really highlighted a lot of that stuff, you know? Absolutely. And... Immediately after it ends, Jay White interrupts Omega to wish him luck and to challenge Omega for full gear should Omega win. Don Callis interrupts MJF to offer him a spot in the Don Callis family. MJF declines and says, uh, Callis, get your forehead checked out. Looks like you got a vagina on it. So that was, that was a thing. <laughs> Renee's interviewing Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale, and Chris Stallander at Chris's request. I like that they added that. Settler wants to know, what's up with you guys? You got missed by Julia Hart, and you're just not the same. Lou doesn't think there's anything wrong with her, but Willow and Chris think otherwise. Oh, yes. The Dark Lord of the Sith is coming. Bro, we can't have, we can't have team spooky bitches for real. That's, that's not. We can't. This no. is the way. Uh, Kip Sapien's in the ring with sleeves but no shirt. He's just doing a bunch of Philly trash talk, and out comes Mark Briscoe, a man with as many teeth as the Eagles have Super Bowl rings. <laughs> I thought that was fucking brutal. He dumps Sabian from the ring to the delight of the crowd. Mark Briscoe has returned. I'm cool with uh, Briscoe and Kip. That'll be a fun match. Yeah, it should be good. Renee interviewed the former JAS in the back. Don Callis hit up Matt Menard and Angela Parker to team up against Jericho and Omega. But tonight, it's all about Anna and her next match. Then we get an angle between Parker and Ruby Soho, where Ruby kind of hands him his comb. And uh, they're just doing a little little flirting back and forth. Uh, we'll have to see see where that goes. I kind of like that they're keeping that from uh, I'm week telling to week. you, bro. This, that, this has the vibe of, like, they're, like, they're watching the groups that they're a part of, like, fall apart. And they're watching, like, everything in their careers kind of take a downturn. And I'm telling you, if they split them both off and they just have them go and they do, like... Maybe not a mixed tag thing. Well, you could have them do matches like that if you want to try and you know, reignite that potential because they've been trying to do that over time, you know, do mixed tags and stuff like that. But if you want to r- run that way with it, but you could also just have them be in each other's corner. I mean, we don't really see that in wrestling a ton anymore in like just a really casual, kind of like just natural way. Just let them be themselves and let them kind of support each other if there's really not much for either of them to do right now, you know, like which sucks to say, but it's kind of true, you know? Yeah. Um, we then get the four way match for the number one contender of the. Well, basically, you know, uh, for the collision match where we have Anna Jay, Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue, and the returning Abaddon. Holy shit. This was so cool to see Abaddon get a return. And Duke, the crowd cared. 
they were popping for Abaddon. I remember right before she got injured, there was a talk about like people were saying Abaddon deserved like a push. And I, you know, I agreed because Abaddon is a very talented and obviously has either an incredible makeup artist or is an incredible makeup artist herself. Either way, it doesn't really matter because she does have this incredible presentation. And I've talked about this before. If you take all the makeup off, she's actually like a way she looks like the kind of female that would be a wrestler like this. You know what I mean? Like um she's got like the the tv the telegenic look if you will you know but she decided to just paint her face in a way that is just completely gory and gruesome and awesome you know what i mean and it's it shows a lot about her personality and i think people connect with that immediately because they see and identify with that that level of i think just creativity in general you know so i i'm i'm really glad they're just picking it up right where they left off with her seemingly you and know? it looked like uh she was really getting some stuff done and she picked up the win and uh the chop circle kind of worked. I don't know if it really worked. Yeah, I, it could have been better, but it, it, I think it, it 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 worked for what it was going for. But I it, I don't know. I, Willow hit a f- incredible pounce on Anna J, and she went for a she hit a spine buster, went for the pin attempt. Sky Blue broke it up. Uh, Blue set Willow into the onto the floor, and then Blue and Jay they double team Abaddon. She locks in a sleeper. Jay hits uh, Blue hits Jay with a super kick. Uh, Willow pulls Blue out of the ring. Abaddon finishes off Jay with an inverted DDT. And um, I thought it was really well done. And I thought, you know, welcome back. Uh, get, <laughs> you're going to wrestle Rampage, win a four-way, and then have a fun match on Collision. Uh, Abaddon is really a nice breath of fresh air in the women's division that she's returned. And I, I think it's going to be an ever-changing women's division coming up here. So it'll be cool. The acclaim will be. Yeah, hopefully, she can find a slot in there. But yeah. it's also possible that, like a lot of these women that get brought in for these one-off title matches, she just gets. Yeah, this could have specifically just been done dropped. for the Halloween of it all. Yep. So, and that makes a lot of sense. So you know, the acclaim will be celebrating the 69th day of their world title, world trios title reign in eight days on Collision. MGF is invited. Uh, Jay White and AR Fox and a match at the House of Black were announced for Collision during the main event. We then jump to said main event, where the Alpha. Kanosuke Takeshita defeats Kyle Fletcher. Kallus and Hobbs are hanging out at the commentary table. Takeshita caught Fletcher with a blue thunder bomb for a near fall, like, immediately. <laughs> it was really cool. I thought this was really a tremendous match, and this kind of felt like watching two like early first round draft picks facing each other in a one-on-one match and you're like looking at the future of wrestling and in the best way possible Takeshita is so fucking good dude like seriously I I cannot believe how good Takeshita is already and I think he's evolving man like I really think he's getting better so um, Kyle Fletcher. Yeah, I wish we got more reps for Takeshita as well, because I just think we, if we saw him more, people would be more into what he does. Um, I, you know what I think is killing him a little bit right now? It's He has the, he has the wah, it's his music. Like, I know it's the Don Cowles family, but like... I would prefer an actual we, theme. Yes, and I think that we need that for Hobbs as well, as well as probably for Sammy. I mean, Sammy's still been running with his theme, which is let him have his theme. Like, I, I know, like, it's not, it's like a babyface theme, but like, get, you can make a new theme for the guy. And like, maybe he likes it, but like, I don't know. I just, it's not clicking for me yeah. in that way, but yeah. But I did really like the match. It was really cool. And, Same. Uh, the avalanche driver thing. I don't even know what it was, but because like, they couldn't even like name it, but it was like an avalanche, like, 
like almost like a beach break type move kind of deal. Like it was just like a weird kind of pile driver off. And it was like an insane move and they kicked out of it. So I was like, what the fuck? What is going on? After the match, Takeshita dumped Fletcher onto the floor to celebrate with the rest of the uh, family in the ring. Fletcher came back with a chair and hit both Takeshita and Hobbs. Hobbs no-sells the chair, tries to murder Fletcher, but Callus pulls him off. Called Fletcher his apprentice. That's what we wanted. The hate. <laughs> dude, you're trying to tell me there's no Star Wars in this. I swear to you. Dude, there is Star Wars in everything. Booze rain down. No, I mean, just Star Wars, like, it hits in a certain type of storytelling. It does. It's just very, very, like, you know, I think universal. And so wrestling, a lot of times, vibes in a similar way. And especially because wrestling has, like, the turning to the dark side in it. it. There's inherently going to be parallels between that type of storytelling, you know? So, yeah. um, Because in a lot of ways, like, in the way that how you choose to use the Force kind of defines whether you're light or dark, right? Um, same way like how what what happens to you in wrestling is usually determined by if they're good or bad like christian cage has probably had some of the worst comeuppance of anybody in this year in aw but he's also put some pretty brutal beatings on some people just like the sit sometimes we'll go and you know execute order 66 and sometimes they'll you know be thrown down reactor shafts and somehow return um you know it and uh it looks like Kyle Fletcher is the newest member. But you know what? They also sometimes somehow return in wrestling. So, yeah. and I think uh, I think we're to interpret here is the newest member of the Don Callis family. What that means for Mark Davis, I don't know. This might just mean the Don Callis family and United Empire are going to have like a partnership. I. I mean, if you think about it, they got three of their members right now. Probably the three most popular members. Well, of yeah. The United well, if Mark joins them, so are, are they gonna? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. If if you add in Mark, so I I would say it would make sense. I would also say it would be really weird if Kyle just turned on Mark because they're a really good tag team. But they're also both, I think, competent enough that you could run them as singles. But I really hope that's not like what they do. Like, you take one of the top five tag teams in the world, in my opinion. And you break them up as soon as you bring them to AEW because of injuries. That's... Could we look forward to a future where you have these guys with the tag titles, you have Will Ospreay with the AEW world title, you have Takeshita with like the Ring of Honor. You you could pick your guy, Takeshita or Ospreay with the world title, right? You have Hobbs with like the international title, and it's just like whoa, you know. I'll say Takeshita the Sammy four time TNT champion. Yeah, and. uh Oh my god, I forgot to say he's not gonna last. He's not gonna be in this group for long. No shot. Um I think the Don Cal's family has a bright future and um I think it's working. So let's uh let's look forward to see what happens next. And um it's your turn now. We're gonna jump over to collision for the final leg of the show. As uh as always, um collision kicks off with some Sir Elton John. This was AEW Collision episode. I actually have no idea. Uh, twenty? Yeah, it's something? something like that. It's something like that. We, we uh, listen. It. I. I used to keep track of that, and I, I. I fucking forgot a few weeks ago, so I've lost it. If I went back a few weeks, I'd be able to do the math, but I just. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't looked at it yet. It was. Um, it was episode twenty. I, you know what? I should just trust my instincts more. Uh, so episode 20 defined by the beginning just being, I guess the cold open is dead and buried. So that's it okay. It fucking I sucks guess. that it is, by the way. Like, eh, come on, It was unique. Man. It's gone, though. It's been multiple weeks in a row now, so I think it's gone. Um, you know, if they have to purge the last remnants, maybe that was a punk idea. Well, it was a great idea. I feel like... Yeah, I, 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 
I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know why you would, I don't know why you would decide just because it was from him that you, you know, but maybe some people didn't like it because it was because of him. I, maybe they're just too lazy to opinion. do it. Uh, I, it, you could literally just record it. Like, yeah, maybe they're just too lazy. That's, you know, I'm, I'm going to start anyway. blaming the company for this. No, uh, this is absolutely a company decision. There's no way. That, if the talent were like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to send Will Washington a tweet. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far. But um, Bring back the collision open. Blocks. We, we open up the show with AR Fox taking on Jay White. Um, you know, Fox is obviously going to help get the crowd going. It's really exciting style. It's unique, you know, um, and he did his unique dives. It's some really cool moves. Um, Bullet Club Bill obviously got involved with some shenanigans. We had Jay hitting a Blade Runner, and that was pretty much it. And uh, Card Blade also made a run in at one point. Um, and I thought Area Fox got some like incredibly nice near falls in this match. But I think uh, the crowd like might have even bid on a few of them. Um, there was also a spot where MJF attempted to steal the championship back at one point, um, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and it made sense because he's about to have like a big match with Kenny Omega, so he wants the title for it, but he didn't quite get away with it. So I kind of would have liked if he actually did get it back. I kind of wish he did have it. I really don't want. Eh. Is it weird that I don't want Jay White to walk in with the title because it's gonna feel weird? Like I, I think MJF gets it back next week. But yes, I, I don't so. want. Yeah, I agree. Because it's been fine. Like normally, I hate these kinds of storylines. Like Charlie, I'm surprised that you haven't mentioned that because I usually, I mean, when we would cover this and we were covering WWE, I would fucking despise. Well, even this when Nyla did it, every you know, time. you. I remember you weren't feeling it then. And that one was ended up being fine. I think that actually worked because, like, yeah, how would you get it back from her, right? But, like, but like I, yeah, like I just I'm not into that. Well, the Nyla one it just felt unnecessary because I knew that feud wasn't going anywhere, you know, like, which it ended up having more legs than I thought. But like, I don't know, like, anyway, um, that was still during the dark era when Marina Shafir was still like questionable. You know what I mean? Like, so like you know, like I I don't know, but eh, whatever. It was a really good opening of the show, though. Did you have any thoughts on this match, Charlie? Uh, nice seeing AR Fox back. Yeah, unfortunately, he can't be where he should be, which is next to Swerve, but whatever. Um, I'm going to forever be sad about yeah. that, by the way. I cannot believe they didn't. Like, I don't understand why you couldn't have kept him with the group. Uh, like, why did that in, have to in be In 10 years, I'm going to be reminiscing about what could have been. They should have pulled the trigger on it. Um, <laughs> you know, there's someone that's been week to week listening to us that's like, Thank God, you guys are the only ones still mentioning that. Everyone else already forgot about it. Not us. Oh, 100%. Like, they, 100%. they love that we bring it up. That didn't matter. Because they don't know who AR Fox is, so it doesn't matter to them. But, you know, whatever. Um, we had another claim segment backstage. They were doing another promotion for the 69 day next week on Collision. And uh, Max was putting time out again for getting catfished by a fake MJF profile. <laughs> that um, was, like, way so. too real. That happened to someone It must have. Oh, 100%. Like, there's no I way. I sent him know, photos. I know <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that that has happened before, 100%. People get catfished all the time, especially by celebrities. Actually, that's what caused the, not to bring back a really old story, but Seth Rollins getting attacked on TV. Yeah. That's what caused that with someone getting catfished, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, like, anyway, um, <clears throat> we had the boys, uh, Brandon and Brent, taking on uh, the guns with uh, Fallen Castle in their, you know, in their corner. Uh, the guns uh, picked one pretty quickly here with the 310 to Yuma. But, uh, you know, it's good to see Dalton Castle and the boys on, on some AWTV this week, you know. Hopefully that's a good sign for uh, him and the boys going forward on Ring of Honor television and maybe even AEW television. But they, they they tend to do this, but they'll use them on Ring of Honor one week, and then they'll use them on AEW that same week, and then they'll just forget about it for like a month, and it sucks. So hopefully that doesn't happen here. 
Um, we got a, I think it was the same one, but then maybe they added a little bit more to it. We had another MJF versus Kenny Omega video package here, building up the main event of the show, which we already talked about. It's an incredible match. Maybe one of the best matches of the year. Um, we got another Danhausen video package kind of deal where it's like, you know, the very nice, very evil song. Dude, this and, actually uh, scared the crap out of me because I kind of forgot. So I was watching Collision after the fact, mm-hmm. and I, I, it was just, it just popped up. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, damn it. it I think it got it me a little bit too. gave Maybe me a jump scare. Like, I can't lie. Cause I, you know what? We're Halloween time, so yeah, it makes sense. Had, Maybe they were trying to go I for that. The audio cranked. But, uh, Dan Housen is the new Veermahan. So, um, yes. he's just, he's coming and he's coming and he's coming. All right. Um, when, when, when do we think Dan Housen? We think it's next week, the next couple weeks. Oh like, my we God. It, what so. if Dan Housen's the Joker? What do you mean? Like the devil mask yeah. stuff? We know how they that viewed be, him before. That would be a bold choice. That would be bold. Yo, you'd have think pieces fucking written up the next day talking about the fall. Because I was thinking in my head earlier, what if he took over the Dark Order? That would be a really good fit for everyone involved, I think. Because Evil Uno, I'm sorry, he just has not been able to be over as the leader of that group, you know? Like, he's been over as a single star. And I think that's where he shines most is when you use him as a member of the group. And I think... Dan Housen has got enough of a name. I don't know. There would be definitely think pieces written about, oh, this is who you're replacing Brody Lee with is fucking Dan Housen. Yeah. But like, you know, we, but like, whatever. It makes as much sense as doing Evil Uno, if we're being honest. So, but you know, maybe, maybe that won't happen. Maybe that will happen. I really, I honestly, I'll be honest with you. I really hope he's not the guy under the devil mask because. I'd rather it be somebody they're actually going to probably do something with, you know? I'm not saying they couldn't do something with Dan Housen, but they historically haven't, so. We had the Hollywood hug backstage, trying to get into CJ Perry's office to uh, see if, you know, he can be your client. And uh, Miro let him in and said, hey, come on right in and beat the absolute shit out of him. Um, so, there was that. Um, and then that takes us to our Fright Night fight, a AW World, sorry, Women's World Championship. I just wrote it as AW World Championship, which is technically accurate, but whatever, you know. Abaddon taking on Hikaru Ushida. Um, so, yeah, this was your your trick-or-street trick fight type vibe, you know what I mean? Like, um, they do these every year in both companies. I personally am not that big of a fan of them. Um, I do like that they both came out in cosplay. We had Shida in a Resident Evil cosplay. Uh, a, a cosplay is uh, Ada Wong or Ada Wong, something like that, whatever the name of the character is. And we also had uh, Abaddon cosplaying a Spawn, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, does Abaddon play Call of Duty? Is that now Abaddon confirmed? No, anyway. So um, freaking cool, man. Oh, she looked badass as Spawn, dude, for sure. Um, and let's see, we had what else did we have here? Yeah, like I said, these holiday gimmick fights just never really work for me. Whatever. We got a We Want Pumpkins chant. The crowd loves them. Like all the crowds that all that go to all these shows love these. Like Halloween, I get it. You know, if it's you're probably in, you know, trying to have a good time. I'm sure it is because it's just fun. Like, oh, they're grabbing pumpkins now. Like, what the hell is going on? You yeah. know, and like you have drinks and stuff like that. If you're someone that goes to these kinds of events and has like some beer and stuff like that, like, I don't know. Uh, there was a blockbuster into the candy. The candy replaces the thumbtack spot is pretty funny. Like, I think they've done that one other time in one of these before. And it's just pretty funny, you know, like, uh, oh, yeah. Sheeta attempted some fucking witchcraft by grabbing a broom and flying. Um, I don't know why the fuck she thought that was a good strategy in a wrestling match, but, you know, um, but yeah, Sheeta attempted witchcraft, so keep that, you know, put that on your fucking bingo cards. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, there was a finish with a pumpkin head with the katana and stuff, like, you know, and then Tony Storm came out to steal a spotlight. Um, I, I thought it was fine. 
Um, I wish I would want to give it an actual match because, you know, it could have been really good, but this was fine. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was fun. Like you, you mentioned it was fun. I think it was, yeah, fun. I thought it was fun. It's just not I really agree. for me. I really did. I, I thought the spot that they were given, they went out there and uh, I actually had a good time. And, um, I, I <laughs> maybe I wonder. I wonder. How do you think Abaddon feels? Like, do you think she's she's happy it went like that, or I don't know. I mean, maybe she is. So, it all depends. I mean, she got a world title match against Sheeta. She may have said, "I'm going to be back around Halloween." You know, do you guys have a Halloween like street fight planned yet? And they were like, "Well, no, we really don't have anything in the books right now that's for that." And maybe that was always the plan. Like maybe they thought, oh, we'll bring Abaddon back, and because she's like a Halloween themed character, almost we can then lean into that. I think it's kind of possibly why House of Black are getting a little bit more used, even though they're not really doing anything right now. You know, like yeah. Um, but uh, you know, either way, um, I, I I do think that was a, a a good segment overall. Like I said, I just don't like the holiday gimmick things. Like I don't know why they just they just I don't know I. Maybe I'm maybe I am the kind of fan who should just like watch New Japan a lot more because I want it to be a lot more realism. And I don't know why I feel that way because wrestling can be silly. And I've talked about this. I have no problem with that. But this sometimes just, you know, the uncanny valley, if you will. You know, I start to like be like, <sighs> takes me out of it a little bit, you know, like, yeah, um, but it is what it is. We had a video package for Dax Harwood versus Ricky Starks, which on paper is awesome and turned out to be awesome and we'll, we'll, we'll get to it but you know it ended up being a pretty uh pretty solid pretty uh pretty good match we also got a shane taylor versus keith lee video package um so i'm hoping that's setting up a feud and not them joining together because like you said we've seen that before we could do something different here and we could actually see a really big uh you know i i feel like even with shane taylor not being like a top guy i think they would treat that as a bigger match because it's two big meets and it's two you know pretty well-known independent wrestlers that were at one time connected i think Given the fact that when AR Fox and Swerve started interacting, um, that that's the way that they ultimately ended up going, you know, like I think that's a similar thing could happen here, where instead of them teaming up, they'll have they'll treat it like more legit than just like a regular match. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like when Swerve and AR had their match, like they were like, yeah, remember that match from Lucha Underground? That was nuts, you know? Like, um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, Samoa Joe took on Rhett Titus for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. This was our first of two record streaks broken from winning a title match this week, and Samoa Joe defeated Rhett Titus, and will eventually now, unless they throw a random match last second in for Jay Lethal somehow, is going to break Jay Lethal's record as the longest reigning Ring of Honor Television Champion. Uh, just your thoughts on that, Charlie? Well, I mean, he has been booked as the final boss, and I think he's been doing very well with it. Um, I, I mean. Look, there's there's always that part of me that's saying, ah, God, I wish they did some more of his Ring of Honor stuff on Ring of Honor itself. But, you know, Collision, they, they kind of keep that door open for Collision anyways. So, you know, cool with it. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. We had QTV backstage, and uh, we had an interview with QT Marshall. And he was like, yeah, I'm back at AEW now. I'm going to defend this title, and I'm going to do it against some of the best luchadors in the world to prove that I am one of the best luchastar- luchastars in that's the world. That's awesome. Like, that right. is awesome. I'm down for that. Yep. And uh, speaking of awesome, we had Brian Danielson's injury update from Claudio Castagnoli live on Collision, and Claudio went full fucking Agent 47 here with the bald man in a suit vibes. He's going to fucking murder you. He's going to just destroy you. He's going to, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome, whatever he does next. Obviously, he's going to be facing, you know, he was, he was mostly directing his uh, rage at, um, obviously, at Orange Cassidy, because in storyline right now, it's the Orange Punch and the attacks from Okada that 
ended up, uh, you know, injuring Brian Danielson. Um, I don't know why Eric quoted that one. He is actually injured, you know what I mean? But that wasn't where it actually happened, yeah. obviously. So, but yeah, Claudio went full Agent 47. For those of you that have played the Hitman games, you're like, ha. Anyway, um, we had Dax Harwood taking on Ricky Starks. Um, and we actually had the House of Black up here, uh, up in the stands, and be like, yo, what's going on with this? Let's see what's going on. We're going to watch this, you what's know? What's the haps? Um, I mean, you put two fantastic wrestlers, one of whom is one of the best wrestlers in the world, in my opinion. Definitely one of the best tag team wrestlers, but certainly one of the best wrestlers in the world at Dax Harwood. And a guy who's really on his way to becoming one of the top, at least superstars, if not one of the best wrestlers in the world himself. Um, so, you know, that's going to work. That's going to work every time unless they just suck, you know? So, you know, um, which I don't know how that would work, but, you know, whatever. Um, and they know how to work a crowd. And uh, there was a pile driver off the distraction from Big Bill for the win. The House of Black then an attack, and then we had an attack from La Faction and Goblinable, Charlie. And at first, I thought this meant that they're going to be baby faces now because they attack, you know, the House of Black, who are definitely heels right now, you know. Um, and from the vibe that we're getting from La Faction and Goblinable, is that they're not going to be good guys or bad guys. They're just going to beat the shit out of everybody, kind of like how the House of Black is doing right now. So if the if the story that they're going with for these two groups is that they're both, you know, kicking ass and taking names all over across the different parts of the roster or different parts of Collision, then they collide at full gear that could be pretty insane um i don't know if that's what they're going to go with they certainly set it up a possibility for it here but i'm down for lfi taking on just about anybody but we got the return of lfi finally charlie been building it up for a little while now ever since they got kidnapped in mexico so what, what are your thoughts on this i am uh i'm very happy i i really think that you know these are a couple guys that we, we both really like you know so why not, right? Let's let's get them. Uh, let's get these fellows cooking. All right. In the next segment, we had fucking Lexi Nair earning her fucking keep, bro, because she asked legit questions to Andrade. She asked him, "Hey, you know, Rick? You know, we, I think she mentioned. Did she mention Rick Flair? I'm not even sure. She mentioned. She certainly mentioned Lafaxione and Goblinable, who he used to be a member of, obviously, and used to be the leader of. And he sees that. She, she asked him that. And I think one other thing. Let me go to my notes really quickly because I'm not entirely sure what it was. Um, but, um, excuse me, but, uh, because she mentions two things that are directly related to stuff we had just seen. And I've been talking about this for months and months and months and months on this podcast. They need to do that more. If there was somebody who used to be involved in a segment that was on there in the next, if you're going to have them on the screen immediately after they do something, right. Um, oh, she also asked him about, asked her about CJ Perry, which obviously, you know, they have history there from being, you know, in you know, and him and, and Miro having history and stuff like that in the previous company and stuff like that. So, you know, um, and he said he's a businessman and that's his business basically and walked away. So I liked that when he when, actually, when a wrestler was forced to answer legit questions about shit going on, like they didn't want to answer. They were like, yeah, damn, I didn't expect you to hit me with that question. Uh, fuck off. You know, like that was pretty cool. You know, like, yeah. um, I wish we would have gotten a response from him, but like, I like that she's asking those kinds of questions. I'm I'm glad that they're scripting it that way. Now, if they are scripting these interviews, which I'm not sure that they are, and if they aren't, if she's just asking questions off the top, then that was a really great pull from her. You know what I mean? Um, because he did have a connection to LFI. We had Stat and Willow and Sky backstage again, and I think officially the dark side has taken over Sky Charlie because she stormed out of this interview pissed because they're still accusing her of being a little bit evil, you know? And they, she's like, "I'm not, you know, I'm still the same me, but uh, fuck you guys, I'm out basically." <laughs> Sky Blue is like, dude, Sky Blue might be, I don't know if she's going to join the House of Black, but I don't know. She certainly is 
taking a darker, more evil sky blue and maybe a heel sky blue is what she needs to break through that barrier that she seems to have placed over her right now where she can't really get out of this hole where she's kind of just the bottom of the roster right now. I think this is good for the future um, of her career. I I, I agree. And I I do hope they turn her heel because I think they could do a feud with her and Willow that could really get both of them over with the crowd more than they already are. Um, Or her and uh, her and stat. It could have that be the title match. You know what I mean? Um, if they do a title match between her and Sky, with Sky fully embracing the dark side, uh, you could argue they've been building that match up for a while now. You know what I mean? Even if it hasn't been clear, you know. So, and you have to give them the credit when they do that. Claudio Castagnoli took on Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Uh, he killed this man multiple times and picked up the win. It was not, it was not, you know, no, nothing. No, Claudio was not fucking around here. You know. Um, we had a little video of Kenny Omega and MJF getting ready, getting ready backstage, and Joe walked up to MJF, which I like. I like the way they they cut like that. They showed them both, and Joe walks in a frame, and the cameraman slammed right to MJF. Yeah. Smart move, you know what I mean? Very well um, done. Yep, they planned it out, and it worked well. So you know, I, I give shit to the cameras all the time in AEW, and especially in Ring of Honor. And you know what? Uh, they they actually did a really good job here, and they do a really good job most of the time. But I, so I just got to give an acknowledgement to that. There, Joe basically said, "Hey." I don't need an answer right away, but I kind of need an answer right away. So, you know, go have your match, you know, do what you got to do. But, you know, let me know, you know, if you need me, just, you know, just yell for me out there, you know, if, you're, if you feel like you need if to you back need up. me, holla. Um, literally. Quite literally is what he said. Um, and so now I guess we have the official teaming up of Joe and MJF because Joe's just not taking no for an answer here. He wants his title shot. And he's going to get it whether MJF wants to give it to him or not. So he's taking it. And I kind of like that. Um, I don't know when they'll face. Maybe it'll be on the last week before the pay-per-view. Maybe it'll be on the week of the pay-per-view. Maybe it'll be the week after the pay-per-view. Maybe it'll be on Ring of Honor for both of their championships or something. I don't know. But um, I don't think we need MJF having three titles, though. So maybe let's not do that. But, you know, like... <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, either way, we could do something like that. And uh, obviously, after that, we had the awesome main event that we already talked about. Kenny Omega taking on MJF for the AW World Championship, which was just phenomenal. And that is collision for us, boys. That is the end of all the shows that we have to review on this podcast. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And um, I, I think next week we got some fun stuff coming up in the sense of uh, it, there's going to be another Tony Khan announcement. Um yeah. I really hope this is the max deal, bro. It's been, I've been waiting for that for so long. Now. I really, really, really hope the rumors that we got a few weeks ago are actually true. You know what I mean? And that they're really getting close. Like The way he stated it is, for many of us, tomorrow is the start of the holiday season. I'll have an important announcement for AEW fans worldwide tomorrow, November 1st, on Wednesday Night Dynamite. If you want me to add a little bit of fuel to the fire, Ring of Honor just confirmed that the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view is going to be exclusively on Honor Club. Yeah. Maybe they have the tech now. God, please. Uh, that'd be so cool. Um, to do live pay-per-views on. Could you imagine if the live if the pay-per-view slate got added to, to that and they just raised the price of... Like, I'd be okay with a price hike in if they're getting like live wrestling shows for just... You can just watch them. That'd be so nice. Do, can you, so do you cool. get that on Peacock? Yeah. Yeah, Peacock's, it's the same So you price. have access to the full library whenever it gets yep. posted. I don't know if it's right away or not, but you also have the live shows. Yeah, if that model already exists, Peacock probably just adjusted their pricing model to fit the having that as part of their model, you know what I mean? HBO Max could absolutely, or sorry, Max could absolutely do that. It's not HBO God, Max, that'd be so Max. cool. God, that'd be so cool. And then, of course, uh, I'm sure the opening match is going to be Orange Cassidy and Claudio, MGF and his partners versus Bullet Club Gold, Omega and Jericho versus Menard and Parker, and then the announcements, so. 
the build to full gear is heating up and it's heating heavy. How we don't have an announced segment that features Ric Flair and Sting this on this show, I don't know. That's kind of ludicrous. You should be selling shows yeah. on that. Maybe you can't get Rick next week, but still, Jesus. I I, I actually agree. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, thanks guys for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. And um, shout out to Twitch stream, twitch.tv backslash the Duke of Derps, where we live stream this episode. If you guys were there, that's awesome. And um, yeah, uh, we're go- going live for 24 hours. It's pretty fucking cool. And uh, yeah, actually, while we're like live still on the show, I'm just going to ask you this. Do you want to hop in at some point and play some games? Because like I just finished playing Fortnite. And I'm about to hop on like some MW2, but I could hop on something else like Cold War or something. Like, are you, are you done? Oh, I, th- I think I definitely will be um, wh- with it being Halloween. I'm going to be I'm tossing on a Jack O'Callaghan jersey with a bright burn mask. And I'm going to be handing out some candy in the front yard here shortly. So. Uh, that all worked out pretty well. And, um, yeah, guys, if this is your first time ever checking us out, um, and you enjoyed the show, hit the follow button. Uh, we'll, we're, Absolutely. we're here every week. So, uh, we got a big month coming up with full gear. We got world's end in December where I'm thinking there might be some, uh, some type of chamber action for MJF big announcement tomorrow and everything else. So thank you guys very much. Um, Zach Clayton, man, take, take us home, please. Zach Clayton, please. <laughs> 